this Archie is like so attractive in like a not in like a mm, take me now way. <laughs> and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere uh, and the age that I came out was 18. That's like, I think the youngest out of all of us, right? You think? Well, wait, hang on. There's the age that you came out and the age that you figured it out. Yeah. So when did you figure it out? 18. Oh, and then you were just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I figured it out in, like, and then, like, the next day I was like, yo, check this out, there's a name for it. That is so wholesome. I love it. I love that for you. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And... I have a long history of, like, coming out, because, like, I thought in my teen, like, years that I was, like, I was, like, oh, maybe, like, a little, and then I just shut it down, because I was, like, no, 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 because there were, like, some judgmental people around me, Mm -hmm. and then I finally came out properly to my mom at 25, and my entire family looked at me, and they were, like, we told you so, Uh because they had been telling me for years, and Uh so I finally said it back to them, and they were, like, yeah, duh, duh. My grandpa was, like, yeah, I knew you were gay before you knew you were gay, and I was, like... (laughs) Shut up. <laughs> Cute. Who are you? My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 26-year-old writer in sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist for Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at, at SamKCC, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. When I figured it out, I was 17. When I came out the first time, I was 18. When I came out the hardest time, I was 24. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like, <laughs> like if you're out or like if you're in the community, the hardest time is code for that didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. that the hardest time is code for I told my parents and they didn't like it. Mm. We had very different experiences. And also, you never stop coming out. When you're oh out my god, it's exhausting. The, like yeah. you come out every time you meet a new person, or with every person who still doesn't know, <laughs> or with every person who assumes that you and I are sisters. My Uh, favorite way to come out is just be like, yeah, so my girlfriend. Yeah, but then straight women have kind of ruined that word for us because you're like, yeah, my girlfriend. They're like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend, too. And I'm like, not the same. I mean it in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, if you guys need to figure out who you relate to, those two came out as bisexual and I came out as asexual. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Today we're bored to say about episode 312 of Riverdale, Bizarro Dale. Boy. Still not entirely sure... Like, is it Bizarro Dale because this episode was really well written and that's bizarre for the show? Yeah, right? Well, it's, Bizarro is like a DC Comics reference. Yes. Yeah. To, um, like, <clears throat> opposite day. The Bizarro World is a fictional planet appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. Introduced in the early 1960s, Bizarro World is a cube-shaped planet home to Bizarro and companions, all of whom were initially Bizarro versions of Superman, Lois Lane, and their children. In popular culture, Bizarro World has come to mean a situation or setting which is weirdly inverted or opposite to expectations. So I said what I said. Yeah, so it's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was... It's Riverdale, but enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always enjoy Riverdale, but this time I was like, damn, I really like this show. the, The story quality was just so much better exactly in this episode and that's happened twice this season and Mm -hmm. it's because it was this episode where it focused on the other core four and the episode before where it focused on the midnight club where the two best episodes of the season aren't about the core four like really awkward that like 
when Betty and Jughead weren't around, even though, like, I actually quite enjoy Jughead now, but, like, when Betty and Jughead aren't around, I'm not, like... I don't miss them at all. I don't, as soon as we saw them again, I was like, oh, right. I was like, I forgot about Betty and Jughead, and, like, by extension, kind of Ronnie a little bit, mm-hmm. too, because she wasn't in it as much. Not as much. No. no. Like, Archie and Veronica were both in it. Um, But they were but secondary characters. Yeah. And I, we- I enjoyed Archie. Mm. And I'm like, since when does that happen? It's interesting because in the previous episodes, Archie, like, killed, like, the good version of himself. However, then he's shown up and is a better version of himself. I'm not seeing Dark Archie. Yeah, like, this was the best Archie we've had all season. It's the Archie we deserve. I'm like, this is Archie Andrews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wholesome, good guy, just trying to play music and make people happy. Has a jalopy. Has a jalopy. Has a jalopy. (laughs) So, um, we actually got a lot of thoughts from listeners. I know we had, like, extra time, considering that, uh, there is a hiatus, and you know Mm -hmm. that because, um, you're listening to this in the hiatus, probably. And we're recording on hiatus day. Yeah. But we got four different, uh topics okay from four different people who have commented on some of the things that we have said and um yeah such Mm -hmm. yeah okay so i guess we'll get started first of all our friend king's token on soundcloud hi she's so much smarter than i am (laughs) we're gonna talk about hermione okay uh so king's token says hermione was one of my faves in season one yes she was involved in some shady stuff but you always felt like she didn't want to be plus i shipped her and fred I had hoped that we were going to get a storyline of Veronica helping her mom leave an abusive relationship. How great that would have been. I understand the writers wanting to give Hermione agency and a more interesting storyline, but this was not the way to do it. This just destroyed any of Hermione's likability. Exactly! I agree. I'm so frustrated because, like, I also loved Hermione in season one, and then it's just been so sloppy ever Mm -hmm. since then. And, like, the thing in the episode before with, like... Minetta. Minetta. And I was just like, what? Why? And... Like, she put Fred, like, she put FP in the office just to frame him, and I'm like, girl, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> stop it. She needs some milk. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got another comment on SoundCloud from Megan, who we, uh, who, who's the only Archie stan we've heard of. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and she wants to talk about Josie. Okay. I always want to talk about Josie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Megan says, I wish the writers used Josie more than the love interest or the girl who sings. She's been saying for a while that she needs to focus on her solo career, but we never really see much of it. If her and Archie actually have a real relationship, I hope it sticks for a while. It's annoying that the writers keep putting her in relationships that don't go anywhere. First Reggie, then Chuck, then Sweet Pea, and now Archie. I want to know more about her as a person. I hope we get to see that soon. Yes! I agree. They just keep using Josie as, like, a story prop, and I'm like, stop? Mm -hmm. Josie is, like, basically a Glee character at this point. Mm. And, like, I like the concept of her and Archie, even though I didn't see it coming, like, until two weeks ago. Because, like, she doesn't take any of his crap. And, like, they could be good as a couple. But also, if she's gonna be on Katie Keene, it's also not gonna last. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, if if she's gonna be on Katie Keene... There's one is, like... Obviously, she's going to be on Katie Keene. Like, Josie is moving over to that show. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no way that, like, Archie and Ronnie aren't going to have some kind of, like, coming back together moment. Like, right. that's that's going to happen at the end of the season for sure. See, I want Riverdale to, like, shake up the core four relationships. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, the shippers of, like, each ship are, like, Hardcore. really pleased that it's, like, they've been together, like, basically the entire series. But I'm tired. Mm. And I'm bored. Oh, okay. So, and I, I like chaos. I'm never as... I'm Cheryl Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never as bored by Varchi as I am bored by Buckhead. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, I agree. Which I know is a really unpopular opinion. It's just, like, I like, I, their, I like their parents hooking up better. 
I think so true. That's about it. I just think all four of them are like too serious. I'm like, you're 16. Um, I mean, they are surrounded. Relax. They, they do live in a town with an awful lot of murder in it. I mean, yeah, but And they're the like, only people competent enough to solve those murders. I'm on The Office, and I'm Jim Halpert looking at the camera right now. <laughs> because, no. I hate it. <laughs> no, you hate it, or no, I'm wrong, because I'm right. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. But I hate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we've got some tweets from Mandy, who tweeted us at Short Socklings, and she wants to bring up the fact that the hospital was so empty. Mm-hmm. Hey, at the aficionados, that's us. That's us. Mm-hmm. Just listened to the latest Riverdale podcast and wanted to tell you a fun fact about the hospital in my hometown. Small town in northern BC. It's basically Alberta, let's be real. Okay, fair. So the hospital doesn't close at night, but there are no doctors after like 5 p.m. So if you come in with trouble breathing and chest pains, they will literally send you home and say, come back tomorrow. (gasps) And yes, I am talking about the ER. So basically, unless you're bleeding out or not breathing or your heart has stopped, they will not call in a doctor. So say you're one of the above. Yeah, you have to wait until the freaking doctor shows up. Just felt like sharing how weirdly accurate Riverdale can be with portraying small towns with high crime rates. Oh, yikes. Okay, neat. So like... That's directly, like, killing people. Like, yeah. you could whole, completely have a heart attack, and they're just gonna be like, see you in six hours. Yeah. Okay, work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, my thing isn't so much that it's small town, it's, it's just that Riverdale doesn't have continuity with when mm-hmm. the hospital's open. But at the same time, when does Riverdale have continuity? It, uh, another thing he, it definitely doesn't have continuity about is how big the town is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's one hospital where the doctors don't work at, work at night. Mm-hmm. There's one apartment building. Mm-hmm. There's one hotel, two high schools, mm-hmm. and one restaurant. Yeah. Okay. And they have their own license plates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another uh, set of tweets that we got from Joanna, who's our buddy, uh, at Veridissima. Hi! Veridissima. She's delightful. Veridissima. How you want to pronounce it. Yeah, um, tell us. And she brought up a couple things here. So, uh, cool. Uh, just finished, and it was another great podcast. Thank you. Oh my god, thank you. And you saw my Tierra yelling on Wednesday. I'm excited. Tierra was what I was seeing on my timeline that night. Tumblr is still McKellar. So on Tumblr, they're calling them McKellar. On Twitter, they're calling them Tierra. Tierra is superior now. I like Tierra. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the person who came up with it saying Tierra is for the ship, and the other one is for the family. <gasps> oh, I love that. I like it. Okay. Also, thank you so much for the trailer analysis, because I had been wondering if Penelope was at Midnight Club reunion, and now I know she is, and I'm so excited. I really hadn't noticed her. And your theory about the rescue is so cool, and it means more Tom Keller. Also wanted to mention, because I saw this on Tumblr by at Auntie Blossom, and I had completely forgotten and I thought it was interesting, which was the fact that Miles McCoy dealt with addiction. So probably seeing Archie reminded Josie of how bad the situation can get, and having to see her father like that and her mom having to handle him. Fred finding the bottle is similar. FP was around his son's age when he started drinking on a regular basis, and he saw what that did to FP's life and how dependent he became on it. I just really like parallels. <laughs> I really like like this fan analysis because mm-hmm. it thinks so deeply about why these things happen. I don't think the show has like that the show has thought about that at all. Right. But to me that like this fan analysis means more. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's like, "Oh, okay, like that that emotionally connects me to storylines that otherwise I would think are stupid." Yeah, like looking at that whole storyline with Miles McCoy who was literally only in one episode in season 1. Yeah. Um I'm sure that the writers w- weren't even thinking that at all but exactly. like it totally goes together it was kind of just a coincidence and yeah. a happy coincidence for sure and definitely like the thing with fp and fred like that's mm-hmm. heartbreaking yeah like again like i don't think the writers thought of that yeah i do think these writers are actually like really like smart people and they know they know what show they're writing and mm-hmm. they're like okay we're just gonna have fun with it but 
like that emotional connection is really meaningful. Yeah, I like that a lot. I want more of FP and Fred. Mm-hmm. I want that friendship. Yeah. All right, so I split this up into four different storylines, uh, starting with Josie and Archie, Reggie and Veronica, the gays. So I put Cheryl and Kevin together, and then the parents. The parents is, I think that the gays is the longest storyline, but the parents is the one that we care the most about, so that's why I put it last. And honestly, like, the gays is what we care also most about. Oh, that, yeah. that whole back half of the podcast yeah. is what we watch the show for. Yeah. Yeah. The front half is just like, okay. Um, so the first thing we see is that they're just kind of like in pops. It's the only time that we see the core four together all episode. I think that's really cool. I love that they're playing secondary characters to other people. That's Same. Fun. Um, all right. So if anybody is going to drag Sweet Pea, now I haven't seen any yet, but if anybody's going to drag Sweet Pea, they need to talk to me because Why would this someone man drag is Sweet Pea? Exactly. This man is valid. So basically what happens is Josie goes to see Sweet Pea, who lives in a trailer seemingly by himself. Probably. Or he probably lives with Fangs. Maybe. Yeah. But Fangs said that his mom was sick, so Fangs lived with his mom. Oh, yeah, that he probably lives by himself. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, maybe he has parents, but, like, they're not there. Or they just didn't cast them. It's a pretty small trailer, though. Basically, he's like, exposition, exposition. Hey, did you know we have had booty calls since the last time you saw us? What because the hell? He's like, hey, remember the last time we spoke was in uh, 301? Just letting everyone know what's happening. But I do appreciate it. Yeah. Like, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. But if if you're not going to show me and you're going to pretend that it didn't happen, please, God, tell me. Yeah. Josie's basically like, will you be my date to the wedding? And he's like, oh, really? Yes. Can I, like, as your boyfriend? And she's like, ooh, actually, no. And yeah, he's like, pass. listen, I would love to... Um, like, I'm all in if you're all in, but it doesn't seem like you're all in, and I can't be around you for my own well-being because I'm getting, like, yanked around and it makes me feel bad, so, um, no. We stand a man who knows what a healthy relationship is and how to take care of himself. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud. What a strange reversal for a male character to be Mm -hmm. doing this. Yeah. A character who has, before now, other than just being a moron and accidentally killing people in garbage, but, um... (laughs) Has, what the hell? Has been um, portrayed as, like, this big tough guy. Like, especially beginning of season two, he's like... Yeah, kind of a lunkhead. <laughs> We're gonna set off a nuclear bomb! <laughs> but that that is him. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, kind of clueless. Yeah, and, like, look, I have a knife, and... What do you have? Don't cross me, Archie. And I think it's so funny that, like, later... <laughs> Archie's like, oh, are you um dating Sweet Pea? I'm like, remember that time when you like pulled a gun on Sweet Pea and Fangs? Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> when you were trying to do graffiti, whatever, it's fine. So yeah, basically, um, shout out Sweet Pea, who basically is like, I know this is gonna make me have less airtime, but yes. I'm not doing this with you. Yeah, I wonder deliberately boundary setting. Yeah, and it, I'm proud of him. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just glad that the writers were like, hey, we need to wrap this relationship up. Mm. Oh. Yeah, thank you yeah. for wrapping it up. Yeah, for sure. Like, they could have, I feel like they could have explored it yeah. more, which would have been nice. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe they will in the future. I don't know. But. Well, in Heathers, they're playing the two love interests. See, that's so. what I'm saying. Ooh, yeah. We love tension. But, yeah, I do like that they actually cared enough to give it that small bit of closure. Uh, because <laughs> um, usually they don't. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we, uh, that ended. Mm-hmm. I feel like people could hear us laughing. <laughs> Sorry, we were laughing because my cat looks stupid right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so Josie is practicing. Uh, Archie sees her and he's like, hello. And she's like, yes, Juilliard is doing local auditions in Riverdale. <laughs> but, I mean, she says she, it's in Seaside. She also still. said it's at Seaside, which they called, they said Seaside was another school in. Yeah. So is uh, Seaside a town then? 
So does no, but does Riverdale have three high schools? No, because in when um when Southside High got shut down, they were like, oh, we're getting bus to Seaside, and that's a couple hours away. Oh right, but then why is it in Riverdale? At Seaside. What are you talking about? She didn't. Josie she, says she, that. Says, she says local auditions, but oh. she doesn't necessarily say that it's in Riverdale, it's in Seaside. Gotcha. I guess. I was confused. Still, Seaside, that's not a big enough town to have Juilliard auditions. Thanks. I mean, what do you know about Seaside, though? Well, I know that there it was a, a, a detention center there, so I guess who's to say. Plus, it's say. East Coast. They could go to small towns all up the East Coast and it would be no problem. I guess. And it's in the same state, right? Yeah, it's not even that far. So I just feel like if I was in if, if I like lived in, in New York in Oregon or something, I'd be like, cool, so you're just gonna go to a billion cities over there, but Probably. I don't know. Whatever. Um okay. Uh just wanted to bring up the fact that Grundy went to Juilliard. Hmm, gross. Yeah. Sweet Pea won't drive her to Seaside. Uh he has that truck from three oh one. So oh, why I was about does to she say expect this. him to? She probably expected him to say, yes, I'll come to the wedding with you. And then she'd be like, cool, can I also get a ride? And he'd be like, sure. But then he it's didn't It's not say, fair to use another human being like that. Yeah. Like, just be like, just be friends. Yeah. Just be like, hey, like, we're friends. Can you, can you take me somewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, it is a couple hours away, I guess. I feel like she genuinely liked him, but would not let herself commit to a relationship because she doesn't think that she can do both. Mm. That's fair. And now that Juilliard's off the table, she's like, oh, well, might as well hook up with Archie. And I'm like, you could have chosen better. Yeah. Sweepy is better than Archie, I guess. I mean, Chuck was even, he's right there and he's so handsome. (laughs) But like, okay, is Sweepy a gang member? Sure. But Archie is also- Did he someone? Sure. That was Fangs, technically. (laughs) But was he an accomplice to murder? Sure. But Archie has- uh, also fully been to prison. He got, he yeah, got, that, ex- was, that was on a trumped up charge though. Yeah, he got exonerated, but still. Has he, has Archie killed anyone? No. Who's killed, who's killed people? Andre. Uh. Andre, Hiram. Alice. Alice. Tall boy. Tall boy, obviously Hal. Um. Hal. Clifford. Penelope. Penelope. In, in, in theory. She admitted to it, like two weeks ago. Yeah, basically. I forgot. Have any uh, of the kids not, people? Has not, I, not Betty kind of set up ch- uh, uh, chick. Chick's murder. Yeah. Not people, Brittany. Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that quote from Jillian Anderson, which is like, it was something like, I don't consider men people. And I'm like, <gasps> and then she's just like, I just don't consider men. And I'm like, can you just like date a woman? Yeah. Like, you're killing me. Yeah, so Sweet Pea won't drive her to Seaside. She didn't ask him, though. Probably would have been, probably would have driven her to be nice. Yeah. I think. Sierra. I see. Well, you know what, though? Sweet Pea might have established a boundary yeah. there and said, I'm sorry, like, I can't do this. Yeah. 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 Surprising that Josie doesn't have a driver. Mm. You'd think Josie would have a driver. Well, her mom isn't the mayor anymore. Her mom is a lawyer, though, so she could probably- She probably has a- Why does she not have a car? I don't know. Don't- Aren't the pussycat- Aren't the pussycats supposed to have a van? Don't they have a van? Is Josie younger? So. No. No. I think they're all the same- In the same grade. I'm so sure that the pussycats have a van. I'm, I'm pretty the, sure they do, too. I miss the pussycats, um, just by the way. I mean, I've never seen them have a van in Riverdale. No, in No, comics. in the comics. Oh, okay. Someone in comics. Um- Either way, Sierra doesn't know about the audition because if she tanks, she doesn't have a plan B. Um, Archie says he'll take her. And then my next note is, this is season one Archie. Thanks, I'll keep him, honestly. This Archie, He's I stand so season much. one Archie. This what? Archie who thinks about someone else for once in his life. Yeah. Also, I'm a little confused, though, as to why she doesn't have a backup plan if she keeps yeah. pushing everyone away to focus on herself, but yeah. she hasn't focused on herself. Josie, what are you doing with all your free time? I was, like, so sure she was going to get into Juilliard because then that would totally make sense for her to go to New York and do Katie Keene. Like, exactly. I just don't know. 
Like, it didn't even say she was on a wait list or anything so that it could be like that. And I know she's still in grade 11, so it's like she still has a whole nother year to go through before going there, question mark? I felt like they're gonna slap some indie- something together at the end of the season, and they didn't right. have a pickup for Katie Keene yet when they wrote this episode. Gotcha. So Josie's at her audition, mm-hmm. and there's only one lady in there? You know what would be cool? Mm. Um, if we got to see this audition, I was kind of upset that I didn't get to see it. Yeah, I could have used some music here. Yeah. The fade to black was real, like... If oh. I was Ashley Murray, I'd be like, hmm, I know I sing all the time, but hey! <laughs> like, this show is literally all about telling and not showing. Yeah. It's like, hey, Josie has an audition. You see Josie at the audition. Okay, never mind! <sighs> and it's really weird because this is supposed to be the episode where Josie is, like, part of the core four. Yeah. So... You would think that they would use part of her time here to sing. Yeah. Which, like, they have her sing later, but it's just like, um... I know, and then she's like, I thought I killed that audition, and I'm like, wish I could help judge. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, wish that I had seen that. That would have been cool to know. Guys, they probably had her sing and then cut it, because Mm. Riverdale always makes episodes that are like an hour long and mm. then cuts everything. Good point. I would love a director's cut of like the whole season. Like I would love like a whole season of just director's like, cuts. Like they always have their deleted scenes are like always like at least 20 to 30 minutes oh of gosh. deleted scenes. That's true. Every season because like the past I haven't watched all of them because um I don't care enough, but there were <laughs> I watched the Shoney deleted scenes supercut and I watched the Alice deleted scene supercut and they were each over 10 minutes. Wow. So, hmm. Hmm. but I have also auditioned for, um, like, uh, theater schools. I, I mean, I only auditioned for the one, <laughs> but, um, and I, obviously it wasn't Juilliard, but. They didn't come to Red Deer? No, I know, right? <laughs> That's um, shocking. Yeah. There were at least three people in there judging you. I mean, I know it's probably just the prelims, and then she says something about callbacks later. Yeah, But, yeah, like, yeah. only one person? one person to decide your entire fate like also, you'd think that they'd be able to do it again yeah um so mcandrews which is what i'm calling them uh is at pops uh josie says that she didn't get into juilliard um she didn't even get to go do a callback but she thought her audition was great so who cares whatever and i'm like well well <laughs> it's juilliard <laughs> whatever can i talk about high school musical three yes so in high school musical three there is one juilliard scholarship that they are offering to one of four people. I knew you were going to bring this up, just by the way. Actually, I brought brought it up up last time, which I'm very proud of. You brought it up first. Yeah. And then, uh, so here I am talking about it now because it's really important. Mm -hmm. Basically, in High School Musical 3, there are four people who are getting, who who are up for this one scholarship. And these people from Juilliard, which by the way, there are two of them, come to their final showcase to decide who gets the scholarship. Yes. And it turns out, that they were able to give scholarships to two of them instead of just one. And they gave it to Kelsey because she composed all of the music. And they gave it to Ryan because he was the choreographer. And the other two people who didn't get it was Troy and Sharpay, who were going for performance. Right. And, by the way, Sharpay's performance was tanked because of, like, outside circumstances. Then she... Right, that that girl who wanted to steal the spotlight, right? Yeah, and yeah. also that guy who, like, when Troy didn't come and he came out and like, oh, made yeah. her sneeze. Oh, yeah, that guy sucked. Yeah, he sucked. So, basically, anyway, Sharpay deserves better, thanks. But either way, it makes more sense to me that Josie didn't get in because I'm sure that it's more competitive mm-hmm. to be in performance and singing in Juilliard mm-hmm. than it is for... Things like composing and choreography. Uh, yeah. 
I agree. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. It's 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 going to be like the the standards are going to be way 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 higher. Yeah, cuz there are a lot of other performing arts schools. So do you think someone like Kevin could get into Juilliard because of like all the work he does on musicals? Um, I don't and I don't know. I'm not like a Juilliard. I I haven't done that much research on it. But um I don't know if they do that for play directing, if directing is is a thing that they offer. I don't know. Because I did directing in theater school, but that was like an extra class that you could do. Like, you could do any class that you want, but you could also just do directing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, there was one class that you, like, had to take something else, and some people took history, and some people took, like, uh, uh, French, and, like, just whatever. You basically just had to choose something. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and of course, me, I was just like, I'm not taking French. As if I'm gonna do something that isn't just art. <laughs> I don't think so. So... Yeah. Josie is upset because she can't even get a date to the wedding. Um, and it's like, yes, you can. Yeah, you, like, you totally could. You just have to commit. Like, he literally just said, I'm all in if you're all in, but you're not all in, so. Literally all she had to do was, like, call him her boy. Yeah. No, but that's not fair to him. I'm, no, I'm saying she all, she, like, it wouldn't have been hard for her mm-hmm. to oh. do that. And also, it's Josie. I feel like she could ask anyone to the wedding and they'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Where's Chuck? Like, yeah, she could have asked Chuck, and Chuck would have done it. Yeah, I just feel like Chuck has a car. We know that too from season one. He has he has a car. Mm-hmm. Bring back Chuck. Chuck graduate. That would make sense. Um, because if but I don't want car, it because I want him to come back. Because if he had a car in season one, mm. he was at least a sophomore already, and we've been watching this show for three years. Well, in season one, they were all sophomores. Oh, time to maybe he was a junior in the show. Maybe he was a junior. Education. I don't know what a sophomore. Sophomore's Freshman, great. junior, senior. No. no. Freshman, freshman sophomore, sophomore, junior, senior. Why, why don't y'all just say grade 10, 11, 12? Like, what? Mm. So much easier. So Archie says that he'll do it because he knows what it's like to feel alone. Okay. Cool. Um, this is good guy, Archie. It's fine. I'll take it. I mean, I guess, but, like, Archie, like, also has a hard time, like, being friends with people. Mm. And also, he's treated other people really badly, aka Val. Yep. So. Josie yep. has seen him treat Val badly and then immediately just, like, skip out on Val and get with Veronica. Exactly. And he knows that he hasn't even treated Veronica that well. Yeah. I mean, oh. remember when he and Cheryl kissed you that know, one time? The thing about Riverdale is yeah. everything yeah. looks good when you, like, just glance at it, like, real quick and you kind of yeah. look at it from your peripheral vision. And you're like, oh, that's, that's nice. And then you look closer at it and you're like, what a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, it's our mess. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's our mess to drag. Yes. Like, Sam can say stuff like that, but if somebody who, like, genuinely doesn't like Riverdale says that, I'm like, oh, Daniel. hey! Yeah. Don't say stuff like that. That's mine. This is, like, this is my thing with, like, when Elijah Daniel and KJ Appa got in that Twitter fight, mm. and I was like, first of all, Elijah, you suck. Like, I, and I used to stand Elijah, He's so I, I know what I'm talking about. Terrible person. Second of all, he named his, like, rap name Dr. P-H-A-G. I don't want to say it out loud, because, like, that's not my word. No, 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 no. Um, and then he, quote unquote, got it tattooed on his eyebrow, but he's actually just been drawing it on with a Sharpie. And I'm like, who are you to come after Riverdale? Yeah. When you are the epitome of someone who would barely get attention in the show. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I was just, I, mm. Plus, he treated, he treated Christine Sadelko, like, really badly. Yeah. And they were best friends. So, anyway, um, shut up if you don't know what you're talking, like, this is great advice for men, and for everyone. Don't talk on a subject that you don't know anything about. It's like, I don't care that much, and it's not, like, that deep, but it's also, like, shut up, it's just fun. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Um, so. (laughs) I don't care, but shut up. So, Tom and Sierra got married, but they didn't have the party, which is lame. We didn't even get to see the, the wedding or the party. 
They were like, oh, it's boring. Only four people were there. I'm like, I care. They I want to see the they vows. They talked about the wedding, needing a date to the wedding. This entire plot line for Josie was, I need a date to the wedding and I need a ride to Juilliard. We saw neither of those things. That was Kevin's thing, too, is he was just like, I need a date for the wedding. I need you to be my date, Moose, or else we're over, you know? And we like, saw Tom and Sierra were just like, peace! Yeah. yeah. We saw neither of those things, because even when they're trying to serve Josie a storyline, they're they're not giving her content. Yeah. It's all telling. Um, So Archie and Josie are singing together and, like, making okay. out and stuff. Um, They're singing <laughs> People Like Us from The Wild Party. Mm-hmm. So, um... This is what the wild party is. Uh, the show is presented as a series of vaudeville sketches, complete with signs at the beginning and end, but abandoned for most of the show, announcing the next scene propped on an easel up by the side of the stage. Queenie and Burrs, whose relationship is disintegrating, host a, pu- host a party fueled by bathtub gin, cocaine, and uninhibited sexual behavior. It quickly devolves into an orgy that culminates in tragedy. Oh my. So, I, don't, I, I don't have a reaction why would you choose this song? Like, mm-hmm. they could have sung anything. Yeah. Like, why not a- pick a song from, like, the movie Fame or something? Oh, yes. that would be so good! Right? Exactly. I have a really hard time that believing that Archie knows the words to this song from an obscure musical. I've never heard of Josie this musical. could have given him the sheet notes at any point. I guess, but he, like, knew the guitar parts and everything. And he had it on- he had it, like, memorized. Okay, so- They started head- singing together, like, two- like, a day ago? Yeah, but they also sang together in season one. So, headcanon yeah. that at some point Josie gave him some sort of, like, sheet book of sheet music or something, and, like, he kind of pl- practices out of that. Right, and then she was just like, I'm gonna start singing this song, and I'll date Archie if he knows the words. <laughs> oh my god, that's actually a great test, though. Yeah. I love that. I'm, a- I'm obsessed with that. Um, but this is the Archie I asked for. It's really nice. He When he asked if he could kiss her... Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, see, consent can be really, like, romantic and sexy. Yeah. Oh my god. I appreciated that. I love, because I, I think it adds a little bit of tension and a little bit of build-up. So it's like- Yeah, she not, didn't even answer either. Yeah. It was just, like, it gave her the power with, like, while also, like, being really, like, intimate and, like, it was nice. I liked it. It was what a teen show with romance should be. Mm-hmm. Not, like, all of the rest of them just tearing their clothes off all the time. It was like, oh, this is very- romantic and like attractive and great and also consensual and appropriate yeah so it's a little bit of sweet pea erasure but that's fine yeah it's archie i get it it's fine it's archie i don't get it no i mean but like he's yeah. the main character so of course Plus, like this archie is like so attractive in like a not in like a mm, take me now way <laughs> Okay, whoever has ever watched Miranda <laughs> will get that reference. Whoever hasn't, I sound like a moron. I've broken Robin. Bold I just need to write down 37. Like, bold of you to assume you don't also sound like a moron to people who have seen it. Kate, Kate, my sister would get it. <laughs> Anyone who's watched the show Miranda gets it. Miranda. Miranda. But, like, he's, he's attractive in, like, a, I don't know how to make my point anymore. I've just... I don't have a filter. So, can you give me another fictional character that is attractive in the same way that Archie is now attractive? To make your point? Fred Andrews. Mm. Like, I wouldn't sleep with Fred Andrews, but he's attractive in a really cute way. Soft. Yeah, soft. Okay. No. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Josie and Archie? No. Before we move on? No. Great. So we're going to talk about um, VeggieTales now. Um, So Reggie and Ronnie, and I also like put in some of Gladys's stuff too because she was kind of more important in that storyline. So Reggie and Ronnie have to pay Hermione back for the money. Neat. TBH, this shouldn't be Reggie's problem. This shouldn't be. 
this shouldn't even be Ronnie's problem. Yeah. Ronnie got rid of drugs. Yeah. That's, like, a really, like, good, like, upstanding citizen thing to do. Mm -hmm. You'd think the mayor would know that. Yeah. I mean, but this is, this is the show we're watching, and the teens are always more involved than they should be in Mm -hmm. everything, because if they're the only ones capable of solving murder, they're the only ones capable of fixing their own trouble that they get themselves into, too. Yeah, but they didn't even get themselves into that trouble. Yes, they did. Yeah, but here's the thing. Ronnie's mom shouldn't have been dealing drugs in the first place. Well, she wasn't dealing drugs in the first place, but she was trying to get Hiram to stop dealing drugs in the first place. This is a mess! And then she was like, oh, I know a way to get us out of this, which is to sell it to another person. And Ronnie's way to get them out of it was to just burn it all. And which is like, sure, great. Um, Maybe you guys should communicate so that you don't end up being indebted to somebody every single season for lots of money. See, I, like, if I were Ronnie, I would have made the same decision because I don't want the drugs out there anyway. Yeah. Like, if, if they're not out there and they're not being sold, people aren't doing them and kids aren't being, like, imprisoned in, like, conversion therapy how would you castles. How would you raise the money then, Brittany? I don't know. Contract killing? <laughs> Jesus. How would you raise the money, Sam? Fake sales. Okay. Probably another casino, honestly. Hmm. Oh, yeah, she could, she could have just done another casino night. Or blackmail like i feel like she just should have talked to hermione before she did it because like she didn't know hermione had a buyer before she burned it well she knew they, yeah, that she, she had did. a buyer but she didn't know that it had been officially sold and that she had taken the money hermione told her that she already she had, had a buyer, a buyer. Yeah. Well, then why didn't hermione just give the money back where did the money she go? said that she she gave it to governor dooley she gave it to oh. she um for the quarantine. paid off Governor Dooley. For the quarantine that we never saw. Yeah. For the quarantine that was pointless. The quarantine that we never saw but continues to play a role because this show is all about what? So sickening. (laughs) That is absolutely not what I wanted you to say. The the quarantine. It's telling, not showing. Oh. Because I'm going on a tangent here. (laughs) My tangent for the quarantine that was pointless is so Gladys and FP are acting like they haven't, they've only seen each other, like, the one time that Jughead picked up, I mean, that FP picked up Jughead from, like, Toledo. But I'm also, like, they were locked on the other side of this quarantine. Mm-hmm. What did they do for five weeks? I don't know, they probably just went camping. Like, did they not I try? Don't the, I don't think the quarantine was on for five weeks. I think it had been five weeks since we last saw them. I think the quarantine was on for, like, two weeks, and then they had skipped But still, weeks. then, what did they do for two weeks? Like, yeah. where did they stay? Did they try to get back in through, like... Sneaky means. Those are great questions that we'll like, never get the answers to. Yeah. The, like, why would you have a quarantine and then not do anything with it or explain anything that happened during it? Or, like... Yeah. Even Jelly... Because Jelly Bean's like, sorry I was a jerk last time. I'm like, why haven't yeah. you seen him? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the quarantine continues to make me angry. Hermione mentions that the buyer is known to be dangerous and gives them a piece of paper with the amount, because I guess we're not allowed to freaking know. But yeah, she, like, she, like, wrote it down ahead of time, and she was like, I'm gonna give this to Reggie when he asks how much it is, inevitably. And I'm <laughs> interested to know, like, how much capital Gladys has with her little enterprise. Yeah. Because it didn't look like much, but clearly it's a lot. Yeah. True. Uh, so they super can't get the money. They're a little worried about it. Yeah. Um, so Reggie's dad owns a car, car dealership. Um, and actually, I have been reading the Riverdale comics, mm. and that's, like, kind of prevalent in, like, one of the comics mm-hmm. is Reggie, like, tries to get with Josie, and so, like, Reggie's- Reggie and Josie's relationship on the show, it's said in the back of the comic, was a reference to the comic that I read. Like, them having Reggie and Josie make out at Nick's party was a reference to the comic. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, the, like, the new comic. Like, it wasn't even, like, a- anyway- 
basically, Reggie's dad has a car dealership also in that comic. So. Okay. And they will steal his money, uh, but he says that he's borrowing money from his future self because it's his legacy. That's not how that works. Tell me more. <laughs> That's just not how money works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what else it's to like, tell you. That's just an idiot's logic. Yeah. It's like, well, this is my parents now, but they're going to die someday and leave yeah. it to me. So I can just steal it from them and it'll be fine. What? Yeah, no. no. This, this is like, yeah. mm, no. Um, interesting that Cheryl used the same word, though. The mm. word legacy. What is a legacy? Uh, I think it's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. Mm. Mm. So like Monty and Harper? That's spoilers. Get out. <laughs> Um, he says that it's insured anyway, though, so his dad will probably be like, cool. I mean, that part's genius. Yeah. Like, at least he thought through an insurance scam. Yeah. Yeah. He's dumber, he's dumber than a box of rocks, but he says that his dad is usually at Pops during lunchtime, and she says that she'll be the driver, but don't scratch the car, because I care so much about it, only in this episode, but last season I could totally just give it to Archie and Jughead to do a drag race, and I didn't care. They, like, scratched it up pretty bad that time, too. Who do you think would make the best drag queen out of that group of men? Which group? What group? Archie, Kevin, Reggie, Juggy. I think that Cole has the most gentle features, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like, um, everyone else is, like, pretty angular. See, but I feel like, I feel like Archie would make the best drag queen, but not KJ Abba, because mm. he okay. is okay, who well, he is. I feel like Reggie has those full lips, though. Yeah, and then Kevin has the energy. Oh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, but it's like, Kevin, Kevin's gonna be a very, like, masculine queen, whereas mm. I really think that, like, Reggie, Reggie could be, like, he a would, queen. Like, a, like, an angular queen, but, like, a queen. He would have to soften his jawline a lot. I think. That's true. But I could see it. Yeah. Cole Lips. Sprouse has done drag. Really? Yeah, in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Oh, oh there we go. In Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, he was dressed as Tyresha. Okay, it doesn't count if they were kids. Oh, okay. I mean, it does count, but, like, not he, for Cole. He was in a dress. All right. With, like, makeup on All and right. a wig. So, Cole Sprouse, Tyresha. Tyresha. Okay. Cool. Okay, moving on. So, what do you think it means that Veronica is reading, um... Uh, lesbian porn. I'm sorry, what? Mm, what, you, um, mm, <clears throat> what? The <laughs> Girls in 3B by Valerie Taylor, an honest explosive novel, this is from Goodreads, uh, that turns conventional ideas of 1950s femininity upside down. The Girls in 3B reveals in page-turning detail the hidden world of mid-century America, showcasing predatory beatnik men, worse workplace intrigues, drug hallucinations, repressed family secrets, and clandestine lesbian trysts. From the hip hang of, bohemi- of a bohemian lifestyle... To the sophisticated lure of a wealthy boss to the happier but taboo security of a lesbian relationship, these three young women experience firsthand the adventures and the limitations that awaits that await spirited young working women who strike out on their own in a decidedly male-centered world. Sounds like 9 to 5 but gay. I like it. Yeah, I'm about that. Mm. Kind of interested in it reading it. It sounds like, like the lesbian part is just like one aspect of one of the characters. Mm. Um, but if like you were going to cast them all, I feel like that would be Cheryl, mm. Ronnie, and then Betty. Right. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Cool. I like that. Um, but also this is like 3B. Like it's the second half of season three. Also clever. Oh, duh. So I don't know if they meant to do that or not. And probably they always do stuff like that on purpose. It's probably both because like, you know, Riverdale does like really clever stuff like that with like Easter eggs, Mm -hmm. but also the storyline, the storytelling is just not as clever as the Easter eggs. I think Mm. it's, at this point, I think it's on purpose, not clever. I think they do ridiculous things on purpose just for fun. Mm. You know, there were actually security guards there, so he got grazed, which I called when we saw yeah, the when mm-hmm. we when we saw the trailer last week. I said we were like, she goes, "Oh my god, you were got shot!" I was like, "He was grazed. He's fine. He was grazed. He's not fine. He has to go get that disinfected and go to a hospital." Yeah, you know um, how Riverdale thinks that like all the teenagers can do 
grown-up jobs, like investigating things and cleaning wounds, and they just can't. That's a good point. Yeah. Also, I love the TV has made it seem like getting shot isn't that big a deal and you can still function afterwards. Right. If you get shot, you're down. Yeah. You know, even if it's just a graze, you're down. Yeah, you gotta, you, Unless you you're can't a trained run. professional cop, mm. you're, you gotta stop. Um, You've been shot. <laughs> Reggie says he's okay, though, and he thinks it's cool that he gets to say that he got shot. But he doesn't get to say it because it's a secret. He's yeah, so you stupid. can't say that you got shot because you can't say how you got shot because you weren't supposed to be there. He's got big Dolan energy. He does. I feel like Reggie's a lunkhead the same way Archie's a lunkhead, but I like Reggie better. What's mm. up with that? Um, because Reggie is better. KT. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then a dye pack goes off all over the stuff. That was so funny, though. <laughs> His so- facial expression was just like, wow. So My question is, how did he get the money so- without the dye pack going off in the first place. It, it was stored in the bag in the first place. Well, yeah, was it in the bag in why, the safe? Yes. Why was, was the mo- why was the money in a bag? So that question. they could put a dye pack in it. What? But uh, then, to me, this is infallible logic. I know, but then if they need the actual money, then how do they take it out of the bag without the dye pack going off? Yeah. Don't dye packs have, like, little keys? Dye packs always have keys. Or, like, yeah, but little coats. Literally all he did was, like, open the thing and... So, so does the... Does the dye pack come in the bag? Like, is it uh, is it bag with dye pack in it? Then, because like, otherwise you're just putting must- a dye pack in the bag and you can't okay. reach it. Okay, what I think is that there's probably a special way to open the bag, mm. or if the di- if the bag is jiggled in any way, there's like some kind of like sensor with the dye pack. Like, oh. I explode now. Okay, but like there but, must like, be he a way. Ran all the way to the car with the bag. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, like, jiggled around so the dye pack knew, when I'm opened, go off. Yeah, because it specifically has to, like, go all over people so they know who it was who did it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like... Reggie goes home and Dad doesn't notice. I'm just like, how does this work? I'm- I've made up this logic, but I think, uh, I'm gonna go with my theory. Freaking Marty Mantle is like, do you have blue lips? And he's like, no, no, I just stole from you. Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah. I prefer that. Um, okay, so VeggieTales goes to do the deal with, uh, the buyer- Turns out it's Gladys who has to deal with more teens, so she's upset about it. Oh, take yourself, I'm Gladys. The dude with her is not <laughs> Lugnut. Like, Lugnut was the guy from last time we saw her who was, like, weirdly happy when she said they were throwing a party. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Um, so this dude, uh, who doesn't really do anything, we're gonna call him not Lugnut. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, hey, it's not very chill that your mom is making you do all this crap. I don't make my kids do stuff. Yes, I do. Yeah, I was gonna, she, yeah literally, yeah. like, um, you're using your daughter to blackmail your ex-husband or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't make my kids do stuff. Yes, yes, I do. Except I'm also going to manipulate you and my own children. Yeah. It's fine. But it did feel satisfying to hear someone drag Hermione Lodge for being such an irresponsible parent. Yeah. You know? I miss season one, Hermione. Yeah, I miss when Hermione wasn't, like, a villain. That was cool. But then she says that she's, obvi- she's Jughead's mom, obviously. And they are pretty smart, actually. They're like, oh, hey, cool that we know each other. Hey, since we're friends, can we have more time, please? Right? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna grant that to you because you're teenagers. She's like, I appreciate that you came here. You're taking responsibility. You understand that you're short, but you're still here to try and help, and I appreciate that. Um, but I am going to need some extra money because we're going to need to fix whatever the heck is going on with this money right now. She's, like, charging interest. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I'm I like, think yes. She's a smarter businesswoman than Hiram is. Totally. Yeah. She's the yeah. smartest um, business person on this show so far. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's correct. Um, also, can I borrow your car? And the car is named Bella. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Fun. Okay. Does yeah. I mean, I don't have any insight on this. I wonder if maybe... 
Charles has a dog named Bella or something. Like, I wonder if it's, like, a reference to something about Charles or Could it something. Could a, a reference to anything in the comics? I'm looking it up. Could be. I searched Regimental Bella and I couldn't find anything. There isn't a character named Bella in the comic book characters list. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know why they would say, no, not Bella, if it weren't a reference or an Easter egg to something. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, and then basically she's like, please just don't tell Jughead, because otherwise bad things will happen. And they're like, okay. If you tell my son I'm actually a terrible person, I'll kill you. Because <laughs> we're trying to manipulate him right now. Bella means beautiful. Or Belle means beautiful in French. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah. Though I did find an article which is 800 plus good car names. Imagine having to put that together. 800? 800 plus good car names. Those are just ca- those are just names. Those are just though. names. Yeah. yeah. So Jellybean and Gladys are back and they're staying. Um, Jellybean says that she's sorry that she was a jerk, but obviously that's just for show. She's probably still mad at him. Yeah, you don't forgive a father that easily. Yeah. I know. Cole says, or I guess Jughead says, nice hat, but um, it was an ad lib by Cole that wasn't in the script. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Because, of course, she's wearing a hat that looks just like his, except isn't a crown. So he says, nice hat, and she says, you too. Sam, you have thoughts on Jelly Bean's jacket. Oh, so we, when we first saw it, we were like, oh my gosh, what's her jacket say? Because it says, you can obviously tell it says Toledo immediately. Yes. But then we figured out one, upon second viewing that it just says Toledo Serpents, which is like, makes no sense. Yeah. Because the Southside Serpents are a localized specific From the Southside, one might say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't feel like a gang that's like, nationwide, you know? Mm-mm. Uh, so I think it's dumb. Until I decided to headcanon that she made it herself, because she misses her dad. Thanks. But unfortunately, she doesn't miss her dad. I know. But I, let me drink. Okay, so if we were all going to rename the gang, so Toledo, so it's going to be a TT, what are we going to name it to? Toledo Torpedoes. Okay, okay. Toledo Tigers, I don't know. No, that sounds like a, like a sports team. I, I agree with... <laughs> okay. I was thinking Toledo Tornadoes, but then you went with Torpedoes, mm. and I kind of like that better. What are, what are their animals? It's Toledo time! <laughs> that is so much better, and it actually, the front is a pizza company. Great. Done. Perfect. I hate it. That was just the fun I wanted to have. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, so Hermione, basically they go to Hermione, and Hermione thought that Gladys would have sent somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she's not leaving anytime soon, which is great for us, because we love Gladys! Yeah. Yeah, we really do, actually. Um, I, I do like, because, you know... Everybody was a little bit worried about the love triangle between FP and Alice and Gladys, but it doesn't seem, at at least Gladys is like, it's clear that Gladys's ulterior motive is not get back together with FP, you know, which would be stupid and we would be upset about that. Yeah. It's It's, get business done. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there still are feelings there that which she would like to manipulate Mm -hmm. and use. Um, And like, I still feel like she kind of does have feelings for him because in the first episode that we saw them interact together. Mm. But I feel like her priority is the business and like getting what she wants. Plus, once FP finds out that like the whole thing was just a ploy to take over Riverdale. Oh, yeah. That relationship, the minute she revealed her agenda, even to Jellybean, that the potential relationship they had was dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah, like it's... Riverdale isn't exactly doing a good job of being, like, as keeping Alice as, like, in the arc she was on in season two, where it's like, oh, she is a good person and we like her now. But they're very much making it clear that Alice is kind of being brainwashed and Gladys is very much in control of her own brain and also a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or not, not, a, yeah, no, a little bit terrible. Yeah. 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 
I mean, we love her and we're very interested in everything she does. But, she, yeah, she's, but she's definitely yeah. a bad person. I stand, though. I still stand. Oh, yeah. Um, Jellybean is manipulating FP fully. Aww. Bad parenting. Womp because womp. it's clear that Gladys literally told her to do that. Um, which, at the same kind time, of... FP kind of, like, was not a good dad. Yeah, that's he true. He hasn't earned back Jellybean's trust. That's fair. It kind of reminds me of, um early season two when they were like hey veronica can you manipulate archie and they were and veronica was like no <laughs> and then she just like wanted like when you're anyway. when your parents tell you to do bad things manipulate people <laughs> can't relate she mentions that fp is the sheriff the mayor owes them money so yeah they're just gonna come back and take over this town i'm very interested in this plot line yeah gladys taking over riverdale like yes take it from hiram yeah, yeah. she can have it yeah like, why would you even want Riverdale in the first place? Yeah. Like, People die there a lot. Just let her have it, um, and then let FBI and Alice live happily ever after. That's all I want from Riverdale at this point. That sounds awesome. Like. Oh, and, and Shoney being happy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they are right now, so. Yeah. Do you guys have any any more thoughts on that storyline? I just want to comment that the amount of time that it took Veronica to drive after Reggie got in the car... Mm, was too truly much. egregious. Too long. Yeah. Like, girl. Go, 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 You should have had the yeah. car started already Start before he got there. The car should have been running. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And you should have gone instead of asking 30 questions. It was so ridiculous that she's just, like, sitting there reading instead of, like, looking over her shoulder, trying to, like, waiting to see if she could, like, see him running, you know? Like, and get... Yeah. yeah. Like, she's just, like, reading and then she's like, oh, hello. Puts in bookmark, closes book, puts book down. Hey, what's up? Let like, me start this car. Girl. Yeah. honey go like first of all you could have been like on your phone reading that book Mm-mm. just brought the whole book with her yeah inefficient Brittany, it's 1955 <laughs> sure yeah yeah you're right sorry my bad mm-hmm. um Fit it together my bad sam can i ask you a question <laughs> sure robin have you heard of any really cool riverdale conventions happening in vancouver i sure have i've heard of one called sweet river con oh my god tell me more november cool i think the last time that i heard somebody talk about it another person has been added to the guest list I'm- so i'd love to hear about the full guest list so far yeah so um there's a lot of serpents on this guest list wow pretty great and also veronica who can't drive but Ah! (laughs) no uh vanessa morgan is now coming to sweet river con are you guys excited i'm I'm really excited i love her what yeah what do you what what sort of things are you hoping she talks about um Bisexual representation? Yeah, she she stole my answer. I was like, <laughs> being rep- like being like playing a gay woman of color, basically. Mm, yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. That's all the minorities, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so that's Camila Mendez, Mechanamic, Ski Ulrich, and Vanessa Morgan now. Woo-hoo! Lit guest list and more to come because yep. this is where they shoot. So they like live here most of the year, mm-hmm. so they don't have to go anywhere. So it's easier to get them. They'll be filming season four yeah. uh, when this happens. Ooh, so yeah. we'll, we'll we be like sneaky, 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 sneaky. Yeah. So we'll all, all three of us will be there. So um, we hope that you come and you can find more information at unityeventscanada.com uh, or unityeventsca on Twitter. Yes. So the gays. I love those. Same. Shoney in bed. Again. Cute. I saw a whole gift set that somebody made of all the times that Shoney are like in bed together and it's pretty cute. Like yeah. the time when they're all sit- when they're sitting there at the like sleepover and they're like, ah. Brittany you know that? can speak um accurately about this. Gays just spend a lot of time in bed. Mostly sleeping. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. We just like being horizontal and in soft spaces. True. 
you know? But also, like, I'm like, again, these are teenagers. Like, it always makes me uncomfortable when these teenagers are, like, being, like, sexually active on mm-hmm. screen. I'm like, you're kids. Yeah. True. It's just, like, if if high schoolers were also 21, you know? Like, I understand yeah. that you high, know school- I mean? high schoolers are sexually active, but it needs to be taken as a bigger deal than it is. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the world of Riverdale is, like, you have to, like, mentally be aware. Oh, yeah. Of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you watch it but i agree it's irresponsible yeah they say that it's really nice to be in a real bed but the and not in tent city and i'm like okay well but when you were living in tent city you there were still shots of you in this bed so i'm confused yeah yeah even when they were part of the gang they haven't had to stay in tent city no unless they wanted to yeah for like social reasons to they were there because that's where tony lived i guess and they were there because I think they, they wanted to play the game. Yeah. But it's like, you could have gone home at any time. If that's where Tony lived, then I'm confused because wasn't she living with her grandfather who had a house? And then and then what? When all of the... Well, the serpents got... Yeah. Evicted. Right. And then did well, what he... happened to her grandfather then? And Cheryl invited Tony to live with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? I'm sure he's still living in Tennessee. I think City. he must just, like, live by himself. Or in Tennessee. City. Yeah. Because they got Man, evicted. he's an old guy, though. He's I hope fine. He's okay. I hope he's okay, too. He's fine. I decided. She says, yeah, but she misses the serpents. Um, they get their SAT scores, and they both did a good job, which is great. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Did you take the SATs, Sam? Yes, but I don't remember what I scored. Oh, okay. I didn't Sorry. take the SATs because um, they don't do that in Canada. No, we take provincials. Provincials. So Cheryl thinks it's really, really important for her to get to, into her family college because all the Blossoms do it. Um, it's called Highsmith College. Where it's is called Highsmith college? college. It's not a real college. No, but I mean, like... Do you think this college is in Riverdale? I don't think it's... It's probably, like, a few hours away, like, yeah. Seaside. Okay. Yeah, or, like, around there. The headmistress's name is Patricia. So, um, the Patricia. person... The person who's the college is named after is named Patricia Highsmith. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, pretty clear that's exactly who it was supposed to be, because it's... They used Highsmith and Patricia. Um, was an author known for her psychological thrillers. She wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley, which Cheryl mentions when talking to Kevin. She also wrote The Price of Salt, which Penelope says while talking to Cheryl about the university, which hmm. we will... Yes. Talk about when we get there. That's from Insider, who wrote that. Uh, she also references Desert Hearts. Desert Hearts is a 1985 American romantic drama film. The screenplay is an adaptation of the 1964 lesbian-themed novel Desert of the Heart by Jane Rule. Set in Reno, Nevada in 1959, it tells the story of a university professor awaiting a divorce who finds her true self when she meets a free-spirited younger woman confident in her romantic and sexual attraction. Sam's like, I'm gonna read that book. So it's just, it's just a lot <laughs> of... a lot of book recs from this yeah, episode. Exactly. There's a lot of lesbian drama happening. Like, a lot of lesbian references. I am uh, about I this. I appreciate which it. Which is kind of interesting. Finally! It's what we deserve. I originally thought that the headmistress was just the admissions lady. I'm not sure why she's, like, literally talking to the headmistress. Does that happen? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but she tells the admissions lady slash headmistress how great she is. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not accepting legacies this year because Penelope's homophobic. So Cute! Yeah. I love that that's uh, still happening. For, like, why are they making all the parents just more and more unlikable? Mm. I only watched the show for them. Is this just a women's college? I feel like yes. Oh, good I question. feel like yes, too. And I think that that totally works with Patricia Highsmith okay. because she writes lesbian stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Kevin and Moose are making out and he's like, hey, will you be my date to the wedding? And he's like, oh, I can't because I haven't come out yet. And I'm not sure how my dad will be about it. Protect him. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, I don't actually know this for sure. But my next note was, are either of these men actually into dudes? Like, I think we we know that Casey at least has dated women. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I don't know about Cody Kearsley, um, but I, and I love them, but I just wondering if we could get rep, repping rep. Does that make sense? Mm, right. <laughs> representation, representing representation. But I mean, aren't, uh, Vanessa Morgan and, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're both straight, aren't they? I don't know that for sure, but, um, it'd be nice to have. Yeah, not everyone can be Stephanie Beatrice, but I wish everyone was Stephanie Beatrice. You know? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. that on that. Yeah, it would be. It, I mean, of course, naturally, we don't want anyone to out themselves for the sake of entertainment. No. But it's like, um, it is an important issue to bring up, like, as we move on as, like, um, a society that when we have those roles to cast, maybe cast specifically for the people who fit them best. Yeah. I will say something that contributes to this mm-hmm. um, about this episode specifically. Great. The writer of this episode is queer. That's why Great. we like this episode so much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's Britta London, and she also, I, I think. She was the she, one who wrote the, right. the book that Ethel was reading. Yeah. Yes. Ship it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Major Mason walks in on them. Some dude says, like, I knew they'd be here. What's, What's your deal? Yeah, okay. What's yeah. that about? So one of the dudes is just like, I knew they'd be here. What's the deal with that? Like, they must have their suspicions. They see them sneak off all the time. Has, has he already started the, like, has he already started the quest? Or is like, he doesn't know until Moose actually comes out to him. He doesn't know until Moose comes out to him. Okay, so maybe not. But like, all of these things are probably building up in his head. Right. Okay. Um, and he mentions that the Naval Academy recruitment is here or something. I'm like, okay, sounds I don't, harsh. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do know what that is. I'm just like, I, I don't want it. I'm just not interested, sir. Um, so Cheryl goes to see Penelope at the Maple Club, and she's <laughs> oh, like, boy. hey, heard about your crap. Fix it, please. And she's like, I don't want to mess up this college with lesbians. And it's this like, doesn't I have like, bad news for you. There's probably lesbians already there. Yeah. Penelope, it's an all-girls college. Yeah. There are lesbians. Yeah. If you put a group of women in a room... Some of them are going to be lesbians. Wherever five or more women are gathered, one of them's gay. That's not real science, but it sounds like real science. Yeah. I follow, like, a few people on Tumblr who, like, actually really like Penelope. Mm -hmm. um, And they have been complaining a lot about how this homophobia homophobia storyline doesn't really make sense. With her. It makes uh, perfect sense with her. She's been homophobic before. No, I know, but they're saying, like, in the Midnight Club, it was clear that she, like, had a crush on Sierra and everything and everything. Oh, true. You but, can't um, put subtext over text and then say that it's canon. That's not how that works. It's a headcanon. Wait, what? They're allowed to be... To, I thought it was pretty what? clear that she had a crush on Sierra yeah. in the Midnight Club. But, again, but that's our headcanon. That's not what the canon is explicitly telling us. That's something that we see. It looked like it was explicitly telling us. I mean, me. I mean, I understand. I'm also, but I don't think that negates that she can be homophobic now, right? Because it's the same thing with Mo- with Moose's dad. In they had queer feelings when they were younger, and then had it like no, it's very realistic. punished out of them, and so they want to punish it out of their own kids. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying like you can't say this doesn't make sense for Penelope if Penelope has been like this. For a couple seasons now. Mm-hmm. Like, remember in season two, like, they were talking about how Cheryl wasn't allowed to hang out with her best friend anymore because she was... Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It's just Riverdale's inconsistent with their writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all the stuff that happens with Moose's dad is, like, another... Like, it's almost... Until now, like, that uh, that theory about, like, how the whole thing is just the parents' lives redoing yeah. themselves... 
it's been like, yeah, it's like kind of clear. It seems like it, you know, like the subtext of Midnight Club was that Penelope kind of liked Sierra and then Cheryl had that weird thing about Josie and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But like this episode is like another freaking nail in the coffin of that with like Tom and Marcus. Yeah. Go with with Kevin and Moose. Like, it just seems like this is way too many coincidences for this not to be something that they're deliberately doing. Yeah. It's very much like everyone's paired off in like really strange and repetitive ways. Before this episode, it was like, sure, I guess I see it. But like after this, it's like, you're doing this on purpose. Because like, what was the point of bringing Moose's dad in? if not for this specifically. Yeah. You know? Um, also, they had to get rid of Moose. Um, Wait, ugh. why did they have to get rid of Moose? Is there a uh, He got context? cast in a different show. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was it? Uh, actually, there's a reference to it later, so I will tell You're you kidding. about it. You're kidding, okay. Yeah. Cheryl says that Penelope is twice widowed. Did she marry Claudius, or is this just, like, some words I that think she that's, said? I think that's literally, like... Just an assumption she made. Yeah, or like... like, It's just like a turn of phrase, but it's so funny. He did wear her dad's pajamas. Yeah, she's twice widowed basically by the same dude. Yeah. Yuck. Ew! (laughs) (laughs) Mmm, gross. Penelope talks about The Price of Salt, later republished under the title Carol. Mm-hmm. is a 1952 romance novel by Patricia Highsmith. First published... So, like, if she's referencing The Price of Salt... It's like, why do you know what The Price of Salt is? And you know that it's by Patricia Highsmith, who writes lesbian fiction. So you're going to the college named after the person who, like, canonically exists to you? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Just wondering hmm. what the heck hmm. is up with that. Hmm. A lot of questions. Hmm. Like, like yeah, by, yeah. by her knowing what that book is, that means that Patricia Highsmith canonically exists in the Riverdale universe, which means that that Highsmith College should... I don't know. So, lesbian! So, the reason Penelope is so mean is because she wants to explore these feelings. Mm. And she feels like she can't. But then again, that's such a harmful trope for I know, us. I hate it. Because it's like, people do this in real life too, where it's like they try to suppress their, like, gay desires by, like, being overtly homophobic. And it's, like, when it's perpetuated in media, people think they can continue to do that. Mm. And, like, I'm I'm tired of it. And it's, like... Like, it's like, it just makes queer people villains in their own stories. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I don't like it. No, thank you. Anyway, The Price of Salt, first published under the pseudonym <laughs> Claire Morgan. Highsmith, known as a suspense writer based on her psychological thriller Strangers on a Train, used an alias because she did not want to be tagged as a lesbian book writer. Mm. And because of the use of her own life references for characters and occurrences in the story. Though Highsmith had many sexual and romantic relationships with women and wrote over 22 novels and numerous short stories, The Price of Salt is her only novel about an unequivocal lesbian relationship and its relatively happy ending was unprecedented in lesbian literature. It is also notable for being the only one of her novels with a conventional happy ending and characters who had more explicit sexual existences. So it was like unprecedented in lesbian literature that they, that one of them didn't freaking die, I guess. Yeah. Like that they had a happy ending. That's still true. Yeah. We have not progressed as a species. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got slightly better representation, but it's really slow. Yeah. It's been slow as molasses, whereas like white gay men get to have great, things all the time. Um, Cheryl goes up to Kevin and they reference sweet senior mints and swizzlers. What the hell? Senior mints? That is yeah. so funny. I mi- I got swizzlers. I missed senior mints. Senior mints, uh, it, there was just, um, they didn't say it out loud. It was on the screen. God, I am nuts about the dumb um, stuff that they rename. I want senior mints now. Can someone go get me some? 
No. No. Okay. Um, Kevin tells Cheryl about his moose problem, but she already knows it's him. She calls them coos. So I guess that's their official name. I guess. <laughs> and she says the phrase that they were in trouble from the gay get-go. That is so- Can we use that? The gay get-go? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna use that from now on. Then she says, don't go cruising, go on Bumble. Once again, no, he's a teen. <sighs> Bumble should know better than to advertise their app on a show meant for teenagers. And they're not 18. Yeah. Like- I just, I'm disgusted well, by the product placement. Do you have to be 18 for Bumble? Yeah, yeah we checked. We oh, went on the okay. website, yeah. Yeah. Bumble just seems like one of the more wholesome of the dating websites. Totally. You, yeah, of course. It's just that none of these kids can use them. True. And it'll just encourage, like, kids, like, teenagers who are watching this to be like, oh, I can use Bumble, and then lie about their ages and go on it. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. Don't, yeah. don't lie about your age, kids. Don't do that. Yeah. I would, actually, I was gonna be like, I would so much rather be a teenager. No, I would not. No. <laughs> Cheryl says the line about um, being gay is anything less than rapturous, which Ugh. is, like, iconic. I love yes. poetry. Yeah. Kevin says, maybe Moose would come out if he liked me more. No! That hurts my heart. <laughs> That's, like, such a harmful but um, but common thought that people and it's, have. it's so valid. Yeah. And, I mean, it's I feel so like valid. anybody who's in a relationship with someone who's not out has had that thought. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. It's like, like, why don't you love me enough to love me publicly? And it's like, it's yeah. not about that. It's yeah. so much more complicated. Yeah. So, um, I think that really shows the uh, life experiences of who wrote this episode Mm -hmm. yeah saying something so realistic that happens in real life because like it's not that you don't love that person enough it's that you literally are feeling like you're forced to choose between the relationship with this person that you love and the people who will hate you for it when you tell them exactly and it's like you're and it's like i feel fine right now which is, you don't feel fine, you're, like, tricking yourself into feeling fine because you still have both relationships, but one of the relationships is a lie and one of the relationships is strained, so you're just, like, lying to yourself all the time and you're lying to other people and it's like, and it sucks. Great. So anyway, don't be homophobic. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Um, so Cheryl goes over the intercom and she announces a, she announces a new LGBTQIA club. Oh, what's that? She, Did I hear a letter at the end of that? Yeah, you heard an A. Oh, oh boy. I so, am so happy for you. So, basically, LGBT, thank you so much. LGB, LGBTQIA, great. LGBTQIA+, that's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, thank you for saying the A. Yeah. When she, she said- No, go ahead. Oh, when she said the A, um, I fully started crying. I was, I was watching by myself. I was watching by myself because you were, uh, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just started crying. That's soft. You're valid. Because nobody ever remembers us. She also canonically called herself a lesbian. Yes. Cheryl came out. Yes. Yeah. Openly lesbian. They said it now. Um, Basically, before now, we only knew that because Madeline had said that she had, like, talked with the creator about it that that she like officially was and that one time she kissed archie was a fluke and the one time and she was like hello nick she was like it was like compulsory heterosexuality yeah. because she and maybe had her exploring yeah 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 with, yeah with the but worst you, type of person basically she outs moose oh cheryl oh boy it's like i know she was trying to help but she's also so new to like actually embracing this side of herself and like it came when she came into it it happened very quickly and like she was immediately comfortable with it because she had tony who made her feel immediately Mm -hmm. comfortable with it and like she was always supposed to be this way and she's always been like that person at school who's like very popular and owns herself anyway 
So this was just another extension of that. So it wasn't hard for her in the way that it's hard for Moose because she didn't have a good relationship with her mother anyway. So she wasn't sacrificing anything yeah. to sever that by coming out. And she was trying to do something nice. Yeah. And she but was like- trying to help, but she is just so new to it and she doesn't like think about it in any terms that aren't her own. Exactly. So yeah. It's like literally the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I know that later Moose says like, not that what you did was good, but blah, blah, blah. But I still think it might be a little bit harmful for anybody watching it thinking that, oh, well, I can out people as long as I know that it's going to turn out good. Yeah, don't yeah. do not do it. Like, that's kind of what it seems like a little bit. I've had it happen to me, and it was a very traumatizing experience. So, um... I mean, my own parents have tried to do it exactly. to me when I wanted to do it on my terms. So, it's really inappropriate in any aspect, on any level, to do it without their consent and on any terms that are not explicitly their own. Especially on, like, something like a blind item where it's like, it's blind, but it's not really that blind. Yeah, everyone knew who it was. Like, yeah. especially beforehand, it was like okay, but then, but then after she even mentioned Kevin, who like loves musicals or something, yeah, and it it's like, like yeah, oh, okay, duh. Well, that's obvious. It's like, why yeah. would you say any of his hobbies? Yeah, and why would you say that he has a boyfriend when there's one gay kid at this school? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, who does Kevin hang out with? Yeah. Like. We know Fangs is, like, potentially bisexual, but, like, Maybe. not a lot of people know that. Like, yeah. it's not, like, a... That's more of, like, a thing that, like, we kind of picked up on. Yeah, it was, like, he looked at Kevin weird once, and, and then, like, and then Midge... talked about Joaquin. Yeah. He talked about Joaquin. Literally and he dated Midge. Yeah. All he said was that he was friends with Joaquin, and then gave Kevin some weird eyes. And then later, Midge, Moose, and Kevin were at Pops, and they said, what about Fangs? And he's like, no, I'm not gonna date Fangs. It's like, that's all we heard. Like, it yeah, was exactly. just hearsay. It was just hearsay. It's like, so Fangs was, know. like, kind of on the table for dating, but, yeah. like hasn't really like talked about anything like that since which like i like that as like a tertiary character has like it doesn't have to be talked about or explicit in any way Mm -hmm. but like he clearly has interest in both genders yeah it's just casual so like he's he's bisexual and it doesn't matter and it's like a third character like he's not even like a main character he's just over there existing yeah and now and now that josie has uh made it clear to Sweepy that she's not going to be dating him, they can finally be together the way that they've always wanted to be. Sure. Hashtag SPF. Beautiful. Ooh. I think that they deserve that. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, Tony is really upset about that because she understands what the heck is going on. Yeah. Because she's also had uh, homophobic relatives. Yeah. And basically, um, <laughs> she's like, hey, I know that no one's going to be able to tell who it is. Uh, maybe it's the one that Kevin kisses all the time, not really super privately. Yeah. But hmm. who's to say? Yeah. Like, literally in the halls, <laughs> in class, empty classrooms. away with. That have, that have fully just the door open. <laughs> like, it's not a secret. But Kevin tells him that he didn't have anything to do with it. He kind of did tell Cheryl to do it, but he didn't tell her what to say. Yeah, when, I think he was assuming, assuming, like, when Cheryl did it, was like, Cheryl would have a one-to-one talk with Moose, not, mm. um loudly announce it on the speaker yeah i think what she says is basically like maybe he needs a nudge and he goes yeah big nudge and that's it yeah as yeah. far as we see and so like i feel like he yeah like a one-on-one talk would probably have been the thing yeah uh that kevin was expecting mm-hmm. and then it just did not happen i don't remember because doesn't do anything small 
I didn't watch Kevin's face when when she was talking on the intercom. I don't remember exactly what he looked like. I wonder if he was. He looked kind of like ashamed, like mm. like oh, like no. this isn't what I meant. Yeah. Do. Okay. Um, also, Kevin says that he's opposed to publicly outing people, which is great, sure. unless they're conservative politicians. <laughs> so, um, Kevin also says that he can't keep playing Brokeback Riverdale with him. <sighs> That's a good joke. Brokeback Mountain stresses me out because they don't have lube. Mm. Brittany. No. <laughs> like, why did no one think about this? They were like barebacking on a mountain ah! lube! I'm so That's sorry. why it's called Brokeback Mountain. <gasps> Bye! <laughs> I've never seen this film! You've never seen Brokeback Mountain? Me neither. No. It is the most overrated film. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's like revolutionary. And I saw it in theaters and I was like... It's just the Rocky Mountains. I was like, okay. Like, I think because like... Do I they really not have to- lube? No! Yeah. Uh, they literally... Dude, he... It goes in dry. I'm upset. The sex scene is just like, like fully clothed, one on top of the other, dry. Ooh, I was like, ooh, ooh, this ooh. has to have been like written by someone who isn't. I, I was like, is this was this made by straight people? Like when I saw Brokeback Mountain, they were like, oh my god, this is so heartbreaking. I'm like, I don't know about any of this. Ooh, I didn't even cry. I don't know. Anyway, watch Carol. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's like. Do you guys support Kevin in this ultimatum that he gives Moose? What does he say again? He basically says, like, I can't keep playing Brokeback Riverdale with you. I'm sorry, but if you don't come out to your dad, we're breaking up. No, I don't support that. No. Like, like it's weird because he seems to be, like, it, it seems like they're trying to paint him in the good light, but when he said that, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's the same sort of concept as Sweet Pea setting boundaries with Josie. Like, it's a lot more complex for Moose to like make that choice to like date him publicly Mm -hmm. and it's a lot more difficult than it would be for Josie I think but it's the same sort of concept and also they're in high school so like and they've only been dating for what four months so like forever um (laughs) but I feel like it's the same like I Kevin's just trying to protect himself in that moment Mm -hmm. I think the problem with it is that it could have been done more gently. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instead of oh, saying, for if you sure. don't come out to your dad, we can't date. Which yeah. is basically what he said. Yeah. He could have said, like, listen, for, like, the same way Sweet Puke did it. Yeah. Listen, for my own mental health, I think for both of us, it's more healthy for, like, our relationship that we put this on hold until you're more comfortable with who you are. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. Literally that. Yeah. Instead of it being like, you have to out yourself or we can't date. Yeah. That's yeah. not healthy. Yeah. No, that's exactly. not cool. You gotta no, be, we gotta agree. communicate better. Exactly. And that's the thing also is that there's, the concept is totally the same, but they're different in the way that like Sweet Pea is saying like, we haven't been doing this thing. I'd like to do this thing and you, and we can't do anything in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin is saying, we've been doing this thing and we have to stop doing this thing, I can't live in the middle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. You know, like, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. No, it makes sense. Um, so we're back in the bathroom with Shoni. This is the, like, kind of where they had one of their first big scenes together in which you get your sapphic serpent hands off me. Yep. It's yeah. the same bathroom, so big bathroom for them. <laughs> um, uh, Tony is mad that she outed Moose, obviously. Um, As she should She be. talks about yep. how the serpents were her family and... Cheryl's being selfish and she mentions that her uncle hated her because she was dating girls and so she needed a new family the serpents were supposed to be her legacy so once again another use of the word legacy but finally someone's acknowledging what Tony lost Mm -hmm. and like this is kind of my problem with like when you're not binge watching is it's easy to get frustrated but the show like will address things eventually it's just like it's hard to have patience right I yes also 
Still mad at Jughead. Mm. Still mad at Jughead for kicking her out at Serpent. Like, I get yeah. why he did it, but also I think his rules are double-sided and stupid. Yeah. Because, like, he fully just gave a pass to Fangs, Fangs and Sweepy. And it's just like... They murdered a guy! Why do you hate That girls? definitely breaks the rules. Yeah. And you know, like, Jughead said no more time, no more crime, and Fangs was like, bang? Yeah. He didn't mean to. I mean... But then they hid the body I mean, stuff. but like, listen. There were, there were a series of crimes that happened that's there. That's Like, But then Shoney, Jughead was in on it after that. Shoney stole an egg and gave it back. Yeah, Veronica's the one who smashed it. Yeah, Shoney stole an egg and gave it back and got kicked out. Sweepy and Fangs did a murder and they threw a party? Like, yeah, I still don't understand what the point of the party was. If anyone understands the point of what the freaking party was supposed to be, like the one that Jughead was gonna throw to cover up Tallboy's murder, then like, please tell me, because I, I don't get it. I thought also, it was a weekend at Bernie's thing. Also, yeah. was FP just like, soups chill with them murdering Tallboy after it fit into their plan to keep him from yes. being framed yeah. for murder? Yes. Basically. And I'm just like, ugh. What? <laughs> um, but Cheryl says that she'll fix all of this. She's going to fix it all. She's like, Tony, she says, Tony, you're the most important person in my life and I'm going to fix it. I'm so proud of her. I love that. Character I love that this is, this is true growth. In one episode, this demonstrates that Riverdale knows how to do growth, which is I made, an, like, I made a mistake. Sorry isn't enough. I'm going to go prove to you that I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm going to take actionable steps to fix the thing that I exactly. messed up. Mm-hmm. So Tony is going to help Cheryl get some blackmail photos. She says that the operation name is Fifty Shades of Blackmail. That but is- she fully says it loud enough for everyone to hear. Oh, yeah. yeah um, they should probably have named it something else. So Penelope catches them, obviously. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you gotta fix the college stuff or we'll make these photos public. And Penelope says, um, everything in here is with consent, so I don't care. And it's like, mm, but actually, um, don't you need a permit for that? And here's, well, it's with consent, but I don't, I also, like, it's consensual in that the clients are coming there and consenting to the kinky stuff they but do. it's still prostitution. But they probably also still don't want the town of Riverdale know that they're going to a sex club and paying for it. So. And it's still prostitution, which is illegal. And they get, no. they probably get get kicked out of the five seasons too, because the five seasons doesn't want people to know that they're doing prostitution in their hotel. Exactly. Right. Wait, it, is it, prostitution legal? It's not. Like, I think it's only legal in Nevada. Prostitution is not legal. That's how you always catch people. Like, there's always like sting operations to catch dudes oh. paying for sex. And I'm like, I don't see the big deal. It's always with just it. confusing like, because, like, I watched a BuzzFeed video about it. I'm pretty sure it's only in Nevada. Okay, it's just confusing because of like the levels of like sex workers and stuff. And like, yeah, it's like strippers, and then like, like you get to do and people it, who yeah. are sex are these? They're not sex workers. Strippers aren't sex workers, and, but, um, and strippers are illegal too. Yes, they are legal, but then in different states, the legality and like the legality of like, of, like levels of get. they can like how naked you can get and like mm. the level of touching and. Like, yeah, because, like, in Alberta, for example, you, you, you get, it's full nude, which I learned. Uh. <laughs> um, but I, I did not know that before then. And then I learned that it's actually not legal in other states to, like, not be full nude, which I thought was... But um, it's not legal to own a brothel that doesn't have a permit and is, like, you're paying mm. for sex. That's illegal. Right. Yeah. Why are we talking about this again? Penelope. Because Penelope... I know, but it's just like... Because Penelope says that confused. everything's consensual and so everything... So it's fine. Yeah, but you're still paying for a service that is not legal. a legal service that you can take sh- money for. I mean, in my opinion, if everyone's consenting and everyone's being treated properly and there's benefits and stuff, like, it's treated like real business, it should be legal. Whatever. That's just me. Yeah, sure. But it's all- Riverdale's just so weird. Um, but here, <laughs> th- this is where it kind of gets weird, and Sam, you- 
uh, can back me up on this. I, like, specifically remember watching live and having there be a few more lines in this scene. Yeah. And then when I watched it back on Netflix, uh, that, that wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I and I, I didn't go back and look at my recording of it, which I should have done, should but I we? didn't. I guess we could. I would like to know if it changed. Um, basically, I think what happens in the scene that um, we missed was they basically say, like, the college board will think badly of you, and Penelope says, I've done worse, and I give them lots of money, so I don't think they'll care. That's yes. what I remember happening in the scene, and then when I watched it back on Netflix, it was gone. And now I'm just wondering how many other times that's happened. And we didn't catch and it. And we didn't catch it. Um, I also feel like I remember that happening, because I watched it live in my hotel room, and I was like, wait. What? Interesting. Because she fully did say that she, like, she, I remember her talking specifically about the amount of money that she gives them. Yeah. Like, getting her away. I remember like, watching that and being like, I want to talk about the amount of donations that she gives. And yeah. if she still did gives you hear those her What? Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, like, she talked about how much money she gives and how that would allow her to get away with pretty much whatever she wants. So, we're back. Um, turns out we're just weird and we just didn't, I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, I feel good about knowing that the live stuff isn't being taken from us on the Netflix version. Yes, that's so nice. So, we were just, um, silly. Thanks. <laughs> Great. Um, so Moose com comes up to Kevin and tells him that his dad, he came out to his dad and it went okay, which is great. Um, and now they can be dates and also be together at night. <laughs> At night? Yeah, just be together at night at the same time. Um, he's like, cool, there's this bunker we've been desecrating. So, great. Hey, someone recently kept a dead body there, but otherwise it's, like, really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Doyle used to own it, and he's dead, and none of us really think about that, but, like, whatever. And there was, like, a feral child in there at the beginning of the season, but it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's chill. And it's, like, oh, yeah. full of gargoyle paraphernalia, but, like, it, it's cool. Ethel made us some really cool decorations. Consensual, consensual and non-consensual acts have happened in this bunker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tony did some questionable nurse work on Archie in it. Yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah, great. Um, Ethel head became a thing. So, what if you never brought up <laughs> Ethel head again? Okay. So, Cheryl, um, goes back to Highsmith College, and it's like, hey, great news, the whole no legacies thing isn't a problem anymore, so that's great. Um, and Cheryl's like, well, I'm a damn shoo-in, so I guess we'll take this time for Tony. And she's like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, this is, wouldn't happen in real life, but go off. I, this is like the one unrealistic thing where I'm like, I'm fine with this being unrealistic. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's great. And also she calls Tony a future Nobel Prize winner, which is cute. I, that's so soft. We love supportive that. girlfriends. They're so smart and soft, and, like, I can't wait for them to take over the world. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl goes to Pops and apologizes to Moose. She said it was unchill to out him, and she feels bad about it. And she says, and that's step three. And it, if I'm Moose, I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and, like, I mentioned this before, but my next note is, it's actually not okay to out someone no matter if you know it's going to go well or not. Yeah. yeah. She's like... So Moose is like, oh, by the way, me and Kevin are going to do the sex later <laughs> in a bunker or something. And she's like, too much information, but also yay you. And also change the sheets in the bunker because I know there's been a lot of shenanigans there. Thank you. Somebody, <laughs> somebody has acknowledged that that, that is Cheryl happening. is the only smart person on this show. Yeah. Um, Kevin and Moose are down in the bunker and they're like, oh my God, candles are lame, right? And he's like, no, candles are not lame. They brought... Ooh. They both, they both brought, brought candles. Okay, they fully, like, must have raided the hundreds, like, plop, plop. <laughs> Prop. I'm not okay. Pulp. <laughs> Pulp. Pulp. Yeah. P o l p. Pulp. <laughs> Pulp. Uh, 
I hate us. <laughs> Prop a department for all those candles because there were a lot of them. Mm. Like but, more than is normal. Once again, I'll say it again. Uh, fire hazard. Yeah, they didn't even have a fire extinguisher around. Big Lexa energy. Yeah. Mm. Um. Then they start doing stuff. You know <laughs> the stuff. They're Thanks. doing things. Lori. Stuff. Stuff. Um, so Kevin and Moose are, like, happy, um, and then scary things happen. I actually really love this moment, though, because Be- Kevin's like, Betty, get foe. <laughs> get foe. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it out loud. Like you that. haven't? It was, like that. it was a thing when I was in high school. What? That people would say get foe. GTFO? Yeah. They would say I've only ever heard it. That's G-T-F-O. what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. I was, in my head, it's... Okay, I like that. It, it was always GTFO in my head. Oh, yeah, I, I I've never heard anyone say it. Get fo. When 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 I, I was like in high that. school, people would say like instead of saying GTFO or get the freak out, they would say they would just say get fo. I love it. It was a really cool place. <laughs> um, so basically, he's like Betty. Um, hello. It's supposed to be just me this time, and she, nobody we says anything. We worked out the ship rotation. <laughs> it's my like, turn, Betty. Um, this is an intimate moment. Um, and oh. Betty, you're not supposed to be in this episode. <laughs> no one, Betty, uh, nobody cares where you have sex. So they get taken to the Gargoyle King where they have to flip and drink. Um, I fully thought Moose was going to die. I thought they were fully killing off Moose. Same. Yeah. I didn't I even like, know. No, not after the good game. I didn't even know that Cody had been cast on a new show. I just fully thought they were just going to kill Moose. So what's going to happen now to Moose? He, he moved he away. He away. But like... Will we ever see him again? Maybe. I mean, Joaquin I mean, moved away. He's in Greendale, so... No, he's, he's not. He's in Glendale. Oh, I yeah. thought he said Glendale. If he was in Greendale, he'd be dead for sure. Yeah. Okay, where did Marcus get the costume? Oh, the Halloween supply store where everyone gets all those costumes. Oh, okay. Uh, Is everyone just, like, build that Halloween gargoyle king? Like, it seems like it doesn't have anything to do with the actual gargoyle gang. So where did they get it? Where, where was Tallboy's one store? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, oh, it's that whoever runs it definitely knows who all the Gargoyle Kings are in yeah. Riverdale. Just like the person at Kinko's definitely knows who, like, distributed all of the yeah. player manuals. But, like, when they took the costume off of Tallboy, where did they put it? Do you think they would have put it in evidence? How did the RROTC know where the bunker is? Did Moose's dad put a tracker in him? <laughs> in him? No. no, I don't think he put a tracker in him. That's not what I meant. I meant like in he's his like him. backpack he's or got something. Him on Find My Friend. It's called friend. Find My Friend. I guess. I don't know. I that is that's a great question. How did they know where the bunker I is? I just made that up. But another thing that I noticed is oh, that wait. wait, what what? Wait, what? Wait. Wait, what? Wait. Was Dilton in ROTC? No. He was just He was just a Boy Scout. scout. Yeah. Okay. Didn't they know where the bunker is because No. No. <laughs> Randall wait, does wait, it make sense. On. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. Kay. Wasn't Kevin's dad at the parent meeting? The parent meeting, yeah. So he knows where the bunker is. What? Kevin's dad? Why would he know where the... That's not what I meant. I meant Moose's dad. What parent meeting? The parent deal gathering. No. Yeah. Is he not there? No. no. He's evil. He's the one who sent the letters, right? No. He didn't play. How does he know about the bunker? Yeah. That's the question. Um, I'm not going to try and break my brain over this. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think... And maybe I'm misremembering, but the other times that we've seen the Gargoyle King, like... We see him with blood all over his face sometimes, but not, not all, all the time. time. No. Yeah. And I noticed that this one ha- had blood all over his face, and the one that they found, like, in the classroom had blood all over its face. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything, if that, like... Did it have blood on its face when it was Tallboy? I don't think so. Also, do we think that the same person who brought them there that night is actually Major Mason? 
Or that's, the real Gargoyle King? Ooh, that's, that's also a good question. Major Mason wouldn't have needed to distract all of them if he's just going after his own kid and right. his boyfriend. Well, he's trying to, well, I mean, if I could make it make sense in my head, um, he's like trying to um, like bury the lead, right? He's trying to like be like, could be anybody, you know what I mean? But another thing right. that I thought was a little bit weird about it is that he says in his confession to FP, he says like, um, uh, and then I went there and I played Griffins and Gargos, which I learned that Tommy also played with his Midnight Club. How learned that from Penelope? Where did Where he did- learn that? Because if he did learn it and he learned enough details, he would have the information to send out those letters, with, including their um, their titles, which Betty yeah. did before. Betty did that before with like the actual titles, like Friar Pendleton. Right. Friar? Yeah, see, that's no. what's making me think that Squire. No, I don't know. didn't have all of that information. Squire. Squire Pendleton, Friar. Well, he Keller. said he played it at, at Sisters. Yeah, and then he found sure. out that Tom did, but we don't know how he would know that. Right, he wouldn't have had enough information about the Midnight Club itself. Yeah, and he, like, knew it was called the Midnight Club. I've, so who snitched? I need... Penelope? I need a conspiracy theory wall. Yeah. I don't think that we have enough information to answer this today. And I wonder if it's even relevant. Yeah. Like, does he just yeah. magically know about it for plot purposes? This was just to get rid of Moose. This yeah, is not like, going to come are up Are we again. ever going to see him again? Like, they literally were like, bring in Midge's mom to do something bad, get rid of her. Bring in Moose's dad to do something bad, get rid of him. You yeah, know? like, that's what I'm wondering, is if they just brought in, uh, who I call Mr. Moose, mm. um, just to yeah. use him as a plot device and then right. boot him out again. Right. But that's a huge plot hole if it is. Huge. Okay. So, uh, they get saved, and it turns out it's the RROTC. So, yikes. Chinky. And then once we, I think we're going to do his actual um, confession in the Parentale storyline. Mm-hmm. So lastly-ish, um, Moose is moving away to Glendale to stay with his aunt. Daybreak is his new show. It takes place in Glendale, California. Oh, that's cute. cute. Yeah, so they're talking about his actual thing. And it sounds pretty dope, and I think I'm going to watch it. Okay. So here's the summary on IMDb, if anybody else is interested in it. I am. Uh, 17-year-old high school outcast Josh shirt. And that, that's not him. I think he's a smaller character than the main character. Okay. Um, searching for his mis- missing girlfriend, Sam. <gasps> Sam? <gasps> You're missing? In post-apocalyptic Glendale, California. That's post-apocalyptic. right. Post-apocalyptic? That's right. Post-apocalyptic. I'm in. Oh. I'm in. He is joined by a ragtag group of misfits, including a pyromaniac 12-year-old, Angelica, Josh's, and Josh's former high school bully, Wesley, now turned pacifist samurai. Josh and the group- what? Tries to stay alive amidst the horde of Mad Max-style gangs, evil <gasps> jocks, cheerleaders turned Amazon warriors, zombie-like creatures called ghoulies, oh! and everything else this brave new world throws at them. Done. So, so yeah, I, I'm in. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Um, so I'm happy for Cody for getting a larger role on a different show. What network is that on? Um, what a great question. Thank you. Netflix. That's so good. To be cast on a Netflix yeah, show? Yeah, it is Netflix. I hope, it's not, I hope it's not just, like, sex, sex, sex the whole time or else I can't watch. I hope it's not that. Okay, anyway, um, I will definitely be trying that show out and I'm really uh, happy for him. Kevin says that Moose can stay and live with any of his friends. Like, he doesn't have to move away. Anybody will let him live with them. Um, Moose says he can't live here for a while just for, like, his sanity. Which, he got shot here, his girlfriend was murdered, and now this, so let him go. Um, and he calls him Marmaduke, which is Moose's real name from the comics. Yes, it is. Which is so cute. Soft. Um, I saw Casey on the street on Monday. You sure did. By the time this goes up, it'll be last Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was was cool. That's one of the neat perks of living in Vancouver. I just walked past him and 
looking back on it, I could have said, hey, way to go in last week's Riverdale, because I thought he was really fantastic this episode, particularly. Um, but he looked busy, so I didn't say anything. Yeah, my policy is always leave an actor alone if they're out in public. Yeah. Because we've seen, like, we see enough of them to be like, okay, like, you're just out living your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl gets Tony a new gang as a present. Um, best girlfriend ever, fictionally. Ooh, ouch. That was close. Well, she hasn't got me a gang yet. Actually, yes, she did. She literally got me an entire friend group. Oh. Just kidding. Love you, hey, babe. <laughs> I think it's nice, but it's I also nice. think that the serpents are the one who are ones or her family, and you can't just replace people. Yeah, yeah I definitely I'm gonna agree. miss like Tony being in the serpents. So I yeah. hope those girls get to join the serpents. Yeah, like eventually. Oh my god, that'd be so cool. Would Wouldn't be it cool. be neat if they like took over the serpents? <gasps> no, the serpents is a way better name than Pretty Poisons. I, no, I mean not like. Name-wise, I just mean, like, they come in and usurp the throne from Jughead because he's a crappy king. Usurpent the, the crown. Usurpent oh! the throne. Oof. Also, I mean, pretty poison. Should I just repeat what I thought of? No. Okay, I, I don't won't. know what you thought of, but... I remember what it shortens down to. Pee-pee. Pee-pee, oh yeah. <laughs> Pee-pee. Pretty poisons. Um, I'm like, you guys could have... Like, I wanted something with vipers. Yes, oh. or, or or pythons, or like some kind. I know, I know that I know that pythons and vipers like kind of go into serpents, but I think that would still make sense. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the main girl who talks, like the only one who talks, that's Peaches and Cream. Like you know, yes. we were like drag king, yeah, drag queen, blah 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 blah. Who could this be from the Heather's? We really thing? thought though. I mean, but she's gonna be doing drag in yeah. the yeah. Should we play? She's playing all male characters. That yes. is so cool. Yeah, so cool. That's Peaches and Cream, who has, like, a crazy name like Fangs and Sweet Pea. I already stand. Um, and then she calls them the Pretty Poisons. I think it is a bad name. Should be Pretty Pythons or some other animal, is what I wrote. Agreed. I have nothing to add. I have no notes. And, it, and the other thing that, like, sometimes you just gotta play it cool. And the way that she was like, hey, do we have a name? And Tony was like, yes, and I have it ready. It's like... like Tony, how long were you planning on having your own game for, bud? Yeah, like, play it cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a name ready? Oh, oh boy. She's a nerd. She really did, though. What would your gang name be? Oh. Man, that should have been our fun fact. It really should have been. Except I can't come up with one. our fun fact for next episode done okay uh and then we'll do some thinking about <laughs> it keep that huge long no because then people are gonna think that their thing turned <laughs> off <laughs> Jeopardy music. Okay. <laughs> hey sam hey robin <laughs> um just wondering if you've heard of something called patreon i sure have i am a What's the Patreon? Am I a, patron? a pa- patron or oh. Patreon sponsor? Is I am a Patreon sponsor. Great. Um, what is it? What is it? I've never heard of it. Um, it's <laughs> it's this new so funny. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I'm trying to have education. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Get educated. Don't forget from whence you came. It's this Nita website where you can support uh, creators and artists uh, that you are interested in financially. Wow, cool. What's the lowest I can do? I'm poor. A whole dollar. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's money you can find on the ground. <laughs> a dollar a month? That's nothing. You can uh, you can do a dollar monthly. You can do a hundred dollars monthly. You can do more or less anywhere in between. Uh, you can also make one-time donations, which is also pretty neat. Yeah, that's so true. And what are some of the perks that you get 
um, on Patreon. Well, since I'm a uh, patron of the Aficionados, whoa, <laughs> I wait. We have Patreon, and Robin didn't know about it. What? She's uh, very smart for someone who knows nothing. I'm <laughs> the treasurer. Okay, literally, <laughs> you just described my entire personality. Thank you. As a patron of the Aficionados, I get early access to your episodes. Wow. Pretty neato. That is cool. How early? Usually just a day. (laughs) (laughs) A day or two? Yeah. Sometimes if I get it done early, even earlier. (laughs) Just whenever I get it done. It's pretty neat. That's so cool. And where can I find that? Uh, It is on the Aficionados Twitter account and their uh, website. Do you know what the URL is? Come on. That's not fair. Patreon slash the Aficionados. Basically, that's pretty much it. Patreon.com slash the Aficionados. I mean, the dot com and the www are understood. <laughs> Did uh, you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that? Are understood content. <laughs> Did you hear that, Brittany? <laughs> What's the matter? Exactly what was in my head. W. I was like, "That's a part of website URLs." Why am I being? You were W. No, we were. We were laughing because you forgot. We were laughing because you forgot the HTTP colon slash slash. No, we were definitely laughing because you are so southern. Um, Southern, not southern. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, now that the pronunciation <laughs> discourse is over. <laughs> for, yeah, for today. For today. Um, we're going to move on to the parents, which we kind of already discussed a little bit, so that's exciting for cool, us. Cool, 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 I love cool, that cool, for cool, us. Cool, 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 um, so, Tierra, they don't want a big wedding, which I get. Yeah, I definitely wedding. get yeah. that, especially because it's a second wedding. Um, Kevin and Josie don't agree, but that's okay. And they got to have an after party, though. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't get to see the after party. It just didn't exist. They just didn't feel like dressing up the Le Bon uh, set. Yeah, it's uh, annoying and I didn't like it. It sounds like a lot of work. Um, and then, of course, Kevin is the most dramatic and says, if there is no reception, it means the Gargoyle King has won. He's right, you know. He's so right. He's right and he should say it. Moose and Marcus Mason come in and throughout this episode... Marcus Mason calls Kevin Cadet Keller. And I don't know (laughs) if you guys have seen a certain Disney Channel original movie starring Hilary Duff called Cadet Kelly. Yeah. yeah, It is an excellent film. And I always wanted to go to the school that she went to at the beginning of the movie. It's Mm, iconic. The art school. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best Disney Channel original movies, in my opinion, but that's just because um, I've seen it and enjoyed it. I actually rewatched it last year. Uh huh. And I will say it makes for a great Klexa AU. <gasps> I love that. I yeah, because Cadet Kelly always had kind of like sapphic vibes, like the whole movie. It sure did. I see that. When it wasn't. I see that. Yeah. yeah with um, Ren from Even Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Ren? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you're invited to our party. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's okay. We'll <laughs> see if we have time. Um, and Sierra thinks it's because Major Mason had a crush on her, but it's really because he had a crush on Tom. Oh, and Tom's like, new. Tom Tom's is literally like, like, ha ha, yeah. And she's like, it's because he had a crush on me. And Tom's like, ha ha, yeah. Tom's like, that's he's definitely like, it. He's like, you bet, honey. Yeah. No sure, problem. babe, for sure. So Tierra is having fun times, doing some some classic role-playing yeah, in the I bedroom. Was like, I was like, okay, y'all get a little weird in there, Okay. <laughs> This for Allison FP, please. I just want to see them having fun and enjoying each other's company. Thank you. Yeah, like, like, where is their screen time? Like, we haven't had real content for them since, like, episode three or four. Mm. Yeah. 
and four was all flashbacks. So this is literally season four, the hundred dollar again, where you, mm. like you got like crazy amounts of good cabbie. It's like you got fed immediately and, and then, then starved, starved, and mm. it's like, wait, what? I want a steady, like, consistent snacking. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't have to have the whole meal. Unlimited want... breadsticks. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to attend Olive Garden and eat my breadsticks. Olive Garden of snake parrots. I'm just trying to plan my life, Alice. Yeah. Clearly they're back to their midnight club shenanigans. Um, she calls Tom a snack, and that's some slang, but you know what? I'll accept it. Yeah, I feel like she would get it. She would get it. Yeah. I'm sure Josie has been, like, has taught her how what, what snack <laughs> Yeah, she, she's in on the memes. So they get a letter, um, and it's addressed to Sierriana, which I guess is her siren name, and Friar Thomas. Friar Thomas. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if that tells us what character he chose. Yeah. Yeah, Friar. Yeah, but FP was the dead eye, and they called him Squire. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what exactly, and I don't know what all the characters are, even, and what Friar even implies. implies. Right. So, yeah. Basically, the letter says, finish your game with the Midnight Club or your kids are in trouble. So they're like, oh, well, I love my kids. Don't want that to happen. Hermione can't relate. So we've got all the parents in one room, which I am living. Oh! I love when all of them are in one room. Thank you so much. My favorite show is Parentdale. Yeah. I don't know what Riverdale is. Um, It looks like they all received letters. We know it wasn't Betty, but Betty has done the same thing before. Yes. Tallboy wasn't the real Gargoyle King. So when Hermione's like, FP, what the crap? He's like, uh, we've been over this, but whatever. Yeah, like, why, why are you acting brand new? Yeah. Um, two members of the Midnight Club are trying to be happy, and the Gargoyle King is not about it. Everyone has to participate, so we even have to get Hiram, who was, like, literally in the hospital. Hey, I'm sorry, but, like, Penelope jumping to this conclusion with no factual evidence makes me very suspicious. She's like, it must be that you two are happy together. And I'm like, why would you think that? Well, she's, she's the one who spilled the beans before, so if we need some way of getting Marcus... Like, if they're both homophobic parents who've been to the sisters, Maybe like... Maybe a club. Yeah. See, it. I like your theory that this is part of setting up Penelope to be, like, the big bad of the season. Yeah. Which I think would be totally cool and uh, neat and fresh to have uh, her be the big bad instead of another dad be the big mm. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm also like, is this just Riverdale and clunky exposition? Because it's yeah, what Riverdale it, does. It really could go one of two ways yeah. there. Yeah, it could go yeah. either way. <laughs> um, and then my last note of this scene was just Frick Daryl Doily's drag, though, because he did. <laughs> he did. So is his son, but everyone has forgotten that. Which we still Rip don't really know who killed him. It's was implied it was Penelope, but then there was reason. And then she was like, if it was me, I wouldn't have done something so obvious or something like that. Right. So so we still don't really know who killed her. But Darryl then everyone, Lee. like, voluntarily takes, like, the antidote that she makes. And I'm like, did none of you have any self-preservation, like, in your I know, body? yeah. Like, she takes it first. So she's like, oh my god, you guys are so lame. And then she takes it first. I mean, but like, still... like, she could have made herself a special vial. Yeah. The Cusco's poison. The poison of Cusco. Yeah. But the look between... Fred and Alice is just like... There's something I noticed, girl. actually, about about that. Um, so the Midnight Club goes back to the school. They see their initials. It's cute. Um, they have to find the chalices and drink from the chalices, I guess. Then they have a preventative measure so that if they drink cyanide, they'll be okay. Um, I looked it up. I did some research. I cannot explain the science. But, <laughs> but it looks like this is actually possible. A lot of the things that I found was like were, like, um, things that to, to take after you've taken cyanide. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up, like, preventative or, like, something, and it looks like there was something that was similar to that. But once again, I can't explain I love how when the show uses real science. I'm like, yeah. yes, sometimes you have legitimate yeah. things going on. So here's what I noticed. 
We see everybody drink it, but Alice. It looks like she maybe put it in her pocket. Oh, do you, do we not see Alice drink no, it? No, everybody. We see everybody drink it in the room. Also, Frick, Hermione, and Hiram, who just weren't there when they took it. But also, everybody drinks it. We see a shot of everybody drinking it, and and, and Fred even drinks it in the same shot as Alice. And we see Alice go like this. Like, put it in her pocket. So I don't know if it's like, I'm putting the vial in my pocket after I've drinking it. Or, and I don't think, I don't think this is even going to come back even. Because the night is over, so it doesn't matter. But that's just something I noticed. That's fascinating. I, are you checking? Yeah. And Hermione and Hiram are there. Yeah, but they don't, we don't see a shot. No, they don't. They come in after. Oh, they were after, you're right. Hi. They come in from like a completely different thing. Because Hiram can't climb through the window, I guess. Hi, Hamsum. How are you? I'm okay. There's a shot of them, like, overhead, mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of turned, but FP and Alice are in swapped positions from where they were when they were younger, so you can see oh. the serpent jacket. Oh. Interesting. I don't think that's going to come back. Like, it probably won't, but... It's probably, like, a Meechan-ism. Yeah. Or just, yeah. like, they weren't... They just cut the part where she actually drank it. Drank it, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm also sitting here now. I'm like, yeah. So the farm Alice, wouldn't let are you her pregnant again. <laughs> the farm wouldn't let her. Question mark. Is she going to be okay? Question mark. Also, the lodges didn't have any. Hiram, who has a cane, but is here. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Wish he had poison. Like she, she has like her crystals, and she's been taking pills and stuff. But mm-hmm. I guess maybe this, she was just like, oh, this is too much from the farm. I'd rather be poisoned. <laughs> oh God, her crystals, crystals would protect her. She's just really into Chad Michael Murray. Oh. oh my god! Uh, the fact that Chad Michael Murray was cast, I am so happy. It makes so much sense. Chad Michael Murray cheated on Sophia Bush, and I will never forgive him. I know, but he's the perfect person to cast. Yeah, like he's definitely a creep. He may he makes it make sense. Before like, we were like some old that, guy who cares. Like he's got that creepy but attractive energy mm, where mm. it's like, ooh, I know this is wrong, but like, ooh, like Polly, I get it. I get it, Polly. I just get it now. It makes sense because we thought he was like some old gross dude. It's true. But like Polly would fully be like lured in by this. Oh, speaking (gasps) of Polly, I saw a theory the other day. I think it's from my friend Gabby. I can't remember if she sent it to me or if she just thought it. But potentially Polly is playing a long game to brainwash Alice to get back at her for her part in keeping her and Jason apart and... Jason ending up dead. That's a long ass game. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'd love for Polly to be evil. Like, she feels like Alice ruined her life, so she's gonna ruin Alice's life. Okay. Oof. I'm on board. After being at the sisters, like, it clearly makes people evil sometimes. T. So. And Alice never should have put her at the sisters. True. Um, so Alice and FP were looking in the girls' bathroom together. Go ahead and write a fic about it. Um, <laughs> Marty and Fred checked the trophy case, but Betty took them. Yeah, they're Do not we re- there. Yeah, they, like, keep her looking for these chalices. Do we know where Betty put them? I don't Are they remember. the same chalices that Ethel had? That um, Ethel had or that Major Mason used in this episode? I don't... Because how would Major Mason got them back? Well, I'm pretty sure there are more than one pair yeah. of chalices. The Riverdale metalsmith is in on who knows about yeah. all this gargoyle stuff, too. <laughs> well, like, I remember at the end of Midnight Club, Betty getting the chalices, but I don't remember if at any point we, like, saw her throw them into Sweetwater River or something, you know? Like, I don't know where she put them. Maybe we're misremembering. If you guys know where Betty put the chalices, please let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, this is weird. No one can find them. Where's Penelope? Got you with bloody skull thing. So, gotcha. I really feel like if it's not Major Mason, it's somebody who was in on Major Mason's 
plot yep. to get Kevin. Or, or one of the ROTC kids did it. Or it's like the original Gargoyle King. And that was just to mentally mess with mess with them. To scare them. Oh. And prove but that. What would the, the original Gargoyle King, like, what stake would he have in this? What do you mean? Also, I mean, I don't. So old. I, that's what I'm saying. It's like disconnected from the other story. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. related. Mm. And it's just to show the parents that he still has them under his thumb. Okay. Um. Also, if it's. If your theory that Penelope is the Gargoyle King now, like the big one, uh, is accurate, it also plays into her being the one that found it this time. So she could have just yeah. set it all up herself right. and then screamed. Totally. Yeah. That yeah. scream was That a makes lot. sense. Yeah. Obviously, the who's the Gargoyle King question is the biggest question of the season. So um, if anybody else who's listening has any more cool theories, uh, once again, please let us know. Yeah. Our email is gmail.com if you've got some long stuff that doesn't fit into a few tweets. <laughs> <laughs> or send us a voicemail. Yeah, exactly. Or email us and then send us a voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're like, okay, everybody call their kids. Um, so Archie and Josie are rehearsing, so it's fine. And they are the Wholesome. only ones who aren't messing around. Doing inappropriate things that sitting. teenagers should not do. Yeah. They weren't sitting. Reggie sitting. and Ronnie are about to do it, but they're also fine. Betty and Jughead are making out, but they're fine. Um, they're next door to Archie and Josie right now. <laughs> you never know what goes on at your neighbor's house. You yeah. Know? Literally, Archie could just look through that window and, and be, be like, like <laughs> Um, Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl and Tony are also doing stuff, but they're also fine. Cheryl says to her mom, why are you calling night hag? <laughs> that is a just, great oh, joke. She just has them ready. Yes, She's such she a does. genius. Do you think uh, she lays awake at night, like, brainstorming new roasts? I hope mom? so. I hope so, too. And Penelope's literally like, okay, I'm gonna ignore that. Um, be safe, though, okay? Like, get your bow. Fun fact, uh, until we watched <laughs> this episode the other day with the subtitles on, I suddenly thought that... Penelope, like, sort of kind of cared about Tony not dying, uh, because I thought she meant keep your bow close, like, your significant other. B-E-A-U. Uh, but she fully meant bow and arrow, bow and arrow to <laughs> shoot people with, yeah. so I'm dumb. Um, You're so pretty, though. Thank you. You're welcome. So everybody is fine, except Kevin won't pick up because he is the busiest out of everybody. <laughs> He's like, I am finally getting it done, like, man. Are you kidding me? I love that all the rest of them Answer their phones while they're doing it. Well, they have experience with overprotective parents. But another thing is, it's like, if but it was just one parent. And it's also both of them calling at the same time. Yeah. Which is like, mm, if it this was only, is weird. If it was only one parent, like like Cheryl, I'm surprised answered the phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, it, but since it's like both phones going off at the exact same time, it's like very clear that something bad is happening. Because I just feel like, I just feel like I would not answer my phone if I was like in the middle of that activity. I just, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I have it on airplane mode. No, no, here's the thing, though, because if you don't answer the phone and you're a teenager in the middle of, like, any kind of activity like that, your parents are going to be way more suspicious. Mm. Yeah. They're going to be like, what were you doing? Yeah. That you couldn't answer the phone. Anyway, everybody's getting busy and Kevin is the busiest. (laughs) Um, It's true. I just wanted to shout out Natalie for, like, this most, the most incredible, like, honestly like kind of gives me chills moment oh she's so good in which he's like kevin's not picking up and she goes cheryl do you know where the keller boy is yeah that was like chill inducing so yeah. good that was such a good line delivery for like, sure that whole scene is excellent in like the build-up and the music and like the way that it's shaped through their panic and like the kids being like wait what but that line just does top off the whole scene perfectly. Perfectly. it was such a good scene yeah 
Um, okay, so we're here at Marcus's um, uh, sort of confession here. So FP has to ask Marcus stuff when really Tom is probably more suited to do this sort of thing because he has been the sheriff for longer and knows how to do this. Uh, He's not the sheriff now, but also he's too close to it. It's a little bit of a conflict of interest. Um, (laughs) Are you the Gargoyle King? He fully doesn't answer. He doesn't say whether he's the actual Gargoyle King. Didn't notice that. There was no poison in the actual chalices, just wanted to spook him. He made it into a quest on G&G to get RROTC to help. He had a crush on Tommy the same way that, um, wait, what? What am I, what did I write? He had a crush on Tommy and, like, tried to kiss him. And then he was, and Tommy was like, whoa, I'm straight. (laughs) But it's just like, if you are, maybe, maybe, maybe this is just me. But if you have, like, a crush on your best friend in the entire world, the best way to tell them is probably not to sneak up behind them at school and kiss them. Oh, yeah. good point. You know? Great point. So so back, I, even if he did like him, even if he did like him back, he, what? What are you going to say? I was going to say, the best way to do that is to spend two weeks with them in Hawaii oh. uh, <laughs> with platonic villains and then not tell them until you're home. How did that go, Brittany? <laughs> I mean, eventually it went well. <laughs> but like, even if Tommy did have feelings back for him, that that's way too jarring. That's yeah, way too like, whoa. Do- that, there was no consent there at all. Yeah. Yeah. At Archie. Like, Wait buddy, that was not going to go well. Yeah, no matter what. So he got sent to the sisters. He learned to play G&G. Um, this is the scene where we see Moose, where we were seeing Moose, like, at the sisters yeah. and everything. And we knew it was Moose, um, but it was it was Marcus in a flashback. Yeah. So um. I just want to point out in the scene, I know this is, like, literally the bare minimum, okay. but, like, I love that FP is like, why did you think it was such a big deal that your son was gay? Yeah. FP was like... Like, good guy FP was just like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Like, yay! We did point out uh, that there are headcanons about how FP handles this scene, and it could go multiple ways, in that he is either just really understanding of the gays, uh, he's also could have had gay experience, uh, Fred. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the also- The Fred Sykes are going off. Yeah. And also, he could have just uh, understood what it felt like to be in love with someone who was not in love with you back, or seemed not to be in love with you back, uh, because Alice married Hal. Yeah. Thanks. Ooh, good point. <laughs> yeah, so my next note is just, this is literally time repeating itself. Like, yeah. it's it just seems like there are way too many coincidences at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, there were too many coincidences before this episode, but, like, this is, like pretty freaking nuts like they brought him in specifically to make a parallel fp understanding so well as telling something maybe he had a queer experience in his youth um which sure i'll give that to you i would (laughs) i I, I would love that yeah like go off i love bisexual fp jones thank you um keep taking down the gargoyle kings and they keep getting more um cool uh tiara's cake is so pretty oh it's so, so sweet pretty. i love that they like kept the cake yeah, yeah. well they, she said it's too, it was yeah. too late to cancel it and i'm so happy because it's so beautiful and they say that they're like they that they love each other and her calling him tommy is so dang cute it's like he's so been, cute he's been called tommy like this whole whole episode but like it brings them back to when they were in love the first time that she's mm-hmm. like still calling him by like the name that she called him when they were first in love so like this actually like makes me worry though because i'm like ugh, they're too happy for mm. this show well, you see, know? that also, in the Midnight Club episode, also made me concerned for them because uh, doesn't Alice refer to them as Romeo and Juliet? Yes. Yeah. And Romeo oh, and no! Juliet sure do end up dead. So... Well, spoilers for Romeo and Juliet, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that, um, hundreds of years late, <laughs> we maybe forgot to do at the top of this episode was Tudor Boot, um, Toot. 
Oh, toot, toot. I would almost, I would almost give this a shoot. Yeah, I would almost give this a shoot. Um, Yeah, I'm not quite shoot, but toot. I would, I would say that like Midnight Club is like shoot, and then, and then this episode on the cusp of toot and shoot. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. So (laughs) now it's time for our segments. My first segment is asexual junkhead question mark question mark question mark. The answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. He wasn't even in, in this episode, so therefore he has done nothing to um disprove asexual junkhead. He was. He, I mean, he was making out with Betty, but I don't care. <laughs> that was like the one scene he was in was kind of sexual. Listen, it's yes, always yes, because I don't care. I agree. She's like, I've given up on any kind of like logic to this. It's just the way it is. You're valid, and I support you. And uh, my segment is which milf was the most badass. I feel like I'm gonna give it to Sierra. Do it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think it was. It's such a like. I I never expect. She's like the underdog, but she gets. She gets. Stuff she done. gets the. Badass MILF award? Like, all the time. Yeah. Well, it's, you see, the thing is, she's the only one they haven't ruined this season Mm. at any point. So, thanks for not sucking, Sierra. Yeah. Did they ruin Tommy? Please? He's not not a a MILF. Of the moms. Oh, I thought we were, sorry, I thought we were talking about all of them. No, I was just talking about MILFs. Oh, okay. Because, like, Penelope- (laughs) Sam, out of context. No, I was just talking about MILFs. (laughs) I mean, Penelope has always kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um- Hermione has been garbage since season two and we don't know who she is. And Alice has been brainwashed this season. So Sierra is the only one that's like got her brain left. Alice has been abducted by aliens. I would love to know when she's coming back. Bring her back! (laughs) Um, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? (sighs) Like there was, there was history acknowledged, but not really about them. See, the thing is about this episode is I keep thinking I'm gonna get snake parents content because they're in the same place and then I keep not getting snake parents content and that's what keeps it from being a shoot for me Mm. that is so friggin valid yeah that's fair I'm just like I keep expecting to get like a breadcrumb and I told you I don't getting any snacks I want a snack I'm starving I'm so hungry (laughs) uh now it's time for a best line award my best line award goes to Kevin for I'm opposed to publicly outing people unless they're conservative politicians. He's a genius. I love that. Uh, I do have an honorable mention that also goes to Kevin for... If there's no wedding reception, it means the gargoyle king has won. I love that too. He's He's such a dramatic hoe and I love him. Yeah. And mine goes to Gladys for... Great. More teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) What a mood. Uh, Us when watching Riverdale. Yeah, literally literally though. Yeah. Yeah. And mine goes to Cheryl for... It burns me that there are people in this town that still believe... That being gay is anything less than rapturous. What a line. Rapturous. Rapturous. Uh, now it's time for our trailer reaction. Which I have not watched. I have watched it, sorry. It's been a it's been a week, so. Oh. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, play. play. You are all just sacrifices waiting to be made. Who's saying that? Family. No more. Things could get Oh! Messy. You're trying to shake me down. I love Gladys. The new jackets. I need you in my corner. Oh, Archie's boxing again? This I can't tell you how uninterested I am. Oh my goodness. She's not breathing. You better say an Ave Maria for mommy. We're like literally not saying anything. We're just watching it. What the hell? I... What is this promo? Why did Alice drown? I... I'm super here for whatever that is because I love drama. Okay, okay, okay. So is Cheryl looking straight into the camera? Is she? Like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, it has to. I it's know. probably it's purposeful. Okay, yeah. Betty on the phone. She could this... be looking just over the yeah shoulder, but usually it's more clear when they're doing that. Yeah. This like gargoyle king layer type thing. Yeah. Who is that? What does that say? Damage. It says the map. The map. The map. 
I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. Damage dead. Keep, keep that might be damaged. Out. Keep out. Oh, damaged. Wait. Damage department. Um. And then and then these are just the Gargoyle King, like TGK still. Yeah. Um. Okay. The map. The map. Flip. Flip for your fate. That thing says. Flip for your fate. I don't know who that is slash where they are. Jughead and Tony at Pops. Fighting about serpents. Saying you can come back on the serpents or whatever. Okay, but her jacket. The pretty poison. I I can't believe. They got those done real quick. Sean's a craft night. Sean knows how to get shit done. Yeah. She's probably got like. Yeah, she had them. She knows a guy. Gladys in the speakeasy. Oh my god. I bet she's she's reading a magazine with some dumbass name. Sophisticate? I can't see it. I think it says Sophisticate. Is that like a reference to something or no? Probably. Why are there so many pillows in the speakeasy? Yeah. Archie's playing boxing, which makes sense due to the name of the episode. Where is Jughead? What a great question. Like, where is that? What is that? I love this Tom Keller, um, like, giving Tom Keller more things to do. So thank you so much. I will take it. Southside Boxing Gym? I, I Into do. it. How is he even allowed in ghoulie territory? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? That's gotta be Edgar. Who? You were all just sacrifices waiting to be made? No, because they, like, just cast him, dude. No, they, just they just announced, announced him. Casting. Hang on. But it, take, it took them such a long time for, to give us Kelly Ripa. And they took us such a long time to give us Gladys, like, after they announced her. I don't expect the, us, them to give us Chad Michael Murray Stop immediately. You, but listen to it again. Hang on, I'm able to recognize his voice. Give me a second. That doesn't sound like Chad Michael Murray. Are you kidding me? If, if you guys are listening to this and you don't know who Chad Michael Murray is, he was he was on One Tree Hill. I'm gonna do it again. So he was kind of like a heartthrob back in the day. He was also in a Cinderella story with a Hillary Cinderella Beth. story. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's not how I he really talks because yeah. the voice goes down, waiting to be made. That's I'm not gonna, I'm gonna re-listen talks. to that after I go through this here. Okay, so um, Archie and Josie are making out again, once again. Sweet the doll limbs. It could be doll limbs from the ceiling. Yeah, that was weird, but that might be Chad Michael Murray, like the top of his head. What? Oh wait, whose head is that? Jugheads. Oh, Jugheads. Here, let's Jughead. Who's head? What? She's talking about, she's talking about the, the back of Jughead's head here when, with the dolls there. Oh, yeah. That's, no, that's Jughead. Okay, and so now they're doing like some sort of baptism thing. Once again, all women here. I, I don't see any men here. Uh, Yeah, she's getting baptized or something. The gargoyle gang is in the trailer. And Jughead is trying to protect he and Jellybean. Betty is running. She's not breathing. Do you think that's about Alice? Yes. Okay, great. Um, these are the pretty poisons learning how to shoot. Oh my god, that is amazing. I hope that all the poisons get to live at Thornhill if they need to. Yeah, that's so fun. Oh, that's so cute. They get to have sleepovers every day. Oh, uh, and then all three of the lodges at the Pembroke. Okay. I stand by my theory. The Chad, Chad Michael Murray? Murray? Yeah. Okay, okay I'm gonna listen to it again. Give me one second, okay? I just- the fir- yeah, Who is that? The first part sounds like Chad Michael Murray, but the when he says waiting to be made, it does not sound like Chad Michael Murray. It, do- it still does to me. And he like- slurs a little bit. Exactly. And that's not how he talks. Guys, he hasn't been anything that we've watched in <laughs> 10 years. Like, like the last time we saw him- to assume that voice is not seared into my brain from multiple no, but, viewings of no, Cinderella no, story. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, Cinderella story was filmed over 10 years ago. Uh, his voice could have changed. I guess. I mean, he was also in Agent Carter and he didn't sound like that. Oh, I didn't watch Agent Carter. But- I can't believe we still have to wait two weeks. I fully think it's him because it does that not sound like something that, like, I can the feel the energy the farm would, like, yeah. say at Alice's rebirth or whatever. I can feel the Chad Michael Murray energy from that. You know? For sure. But you know I what I mean? Know. For sure. I just hate that Evelyn's there because I hate her so much. 
Can you believe that Evelyn's dad is Chad Michael Murray? <laughs> How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Guys, remember when we thought Eff- when we thought Evelyn had anything to do with the seizures? Oh, yeah, what was up? And well, then she just Betty like told us that she did. I mean, but we thought she did because she was creepily there at all the first ones that we saw. Like exactly. And it's like she didn't give you water. I'm watching this I'm- interview with Chad Michael Murray from. A- Am I right? It could be him. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, he's so handsome. <laughs> he is so perfect for this role, you guys. Yeah, he is. He's the exact right person. Oh, my God. This is exactly what I didn't know that I needed. Okay. Hold, please. Hold, please. Hold, please. Listen to this, please. Please listen to this, okay? Here you go. What do you think? This is a thing for not the podcast, I think. I don't know now. Now that I hear him, I'm yeah. more like, hmm, Brittany might be right. But I, I just also- I love like, that phrase. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know who else it could be, and it just makes sense to me that it would be him. Right. Like, yeah. they usually Because it do doesn't things... sound like anybody else. Wait, does it sound like Hal? No. Okay. No, I think we would, we would be able to tell if it was Hal, for sure. But I think this is uh, for the next podcast. So, um, do you guys want to do the outro then? Yeah. Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you are so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description of every podcast. And it's just basically you talking about some of the things that you like about the podcast so that we know what to do more of. <laughs> and some things that you maybe don't like about the podcast. So uh, things that we could work on. So yes, we would love your opinion on that. If you like the show The 100, which I think like we we do, um, we also have a podcast about that. We covered season four, season five. We covered Unity Days, and we are going to be uh, covering season six, April 30th. Yeah. Are we going to do a trailer podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you are a fan of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, we also talk about that show. It is on this feed. We just recently put out 102 um, for that, and there's an announcement at the end of that, so definitely go check that out. Nice. I really like that, too. Um, if you enjoy Lost, which I think it's fair to say Robin at least does, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have a podcast about that. We covered season one, and we're in the middle of season two right now. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Yes. Um, if you, I know that's a new one, so if you're not subscribed to that one, you can search The Aficionados on any of your favorite uh, podcast apps and you should be able to find it. 101 is already out and by the time that this one goes up, I believe that 102 is coming out tomorrow. So um, yeah, give that a check out as well. Thanks. I'm going to subscribe right now. Wow, thanks, Sam. That's so nice of you. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Yes, and please uh, come to Sweet River Con. We would love to see you. Yeah. Do Remember, it. Camila, Machen, Skeet, Vanessa, Doi, and also us. Get you a serpent pass, girl. Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Our Patreon is <laughs> patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would actually, like, really appreciate that. Because it's expensive. Yeah. Hosting is expensive. Yeah. And like Sam said before, you get things at least one day in advance. So that's pretty chill. If you're like, I'm not really about getting Riverdale pods on Sunday. I'm more about getting them on Saturday. Then become a Patreon yeah. sponsor. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I was like, how do I answer this question? This is a loaded question. <laughs> I am Sam Casey C on Twitter. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-C. <laughs> I hate that I changed that, but it makes yeah. most sense to change that because that's my initial. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Casey C or you can find me at TelltaleGV slash author slash Samantha Coley. Uh, and yeah. 
That's HTTP colon slash slash, slash, slash www. www. Yeah. com. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I talk a lot about uh, television, sci-fi, and badass ladies in their 40s. Yeah, there you yes. go. Yes. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Not Tumblr, though. But if you go to RobinEJeffrey.tumblr.com, it will redirect you to what my actual Tumblr is. That's so smart. I know. And you can find me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Uh, the next episode is episode 313, Requiem for a Welterweight. So a Requiem is usually a song of remembrance or of like mourning and a welterweight is uh in like wrestling and boxing it's like the middle between light and like the middleweight like oh yeah so archie so basically archie um requiem I, for a redhead is- it, it's interesting because i can't find anything that's actually called requiem for a welterweight um i just know what a welterweight is and i know what a requiem is and i'm trying to put them together so it, it just sounded cooler than Requiem for a Redhead. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love bye. you. Bye. bye.